What's going on, Bench Warmers? Welcome back to the Far of the Bench with myself, Nico Bryant, and my co-host, Jimmy Plow. We are on episode 26. What a fantastic episode we have for you. We talked no one air not trade as much as it pains both of us. We talked a little bit about basketball, talked some hockey, um, talked about Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl week. Got to hit on all that good stuff. Um, it is going to be a fantastic, good episode. We also have an episode coming out Friday with Super Bowl 50 champion, 2013 first team All-Pro, Luis Vasquez. Great up, great interview coming out on Friday. Be sure to check that out if you are listening to this later on. Um, great, a lot of great stuff coming out. We have a few partnerships that we'll talk to you guys more about here in a minute. Um, but a lot of good stuff. Jimmy, I'm hyped up. It's Super Bowl week. We're at FOTV Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I almost missed that plug. Got to remember that little plug. But Super Bowl week, Jimmy. No one got traded. Sad boy hours. But hype me up. It's Super Bowl week. Let's go. Tom Brady's about to win in week seven. Oh, don't, don't tell me that. No, 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 no. I've had a large mouth pass bust my line A couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye Trucks break down, dogs run off Politicians lie being fired by What's up, bench warmers? A special, special center of attention. Uh, not anything really specific. We just got a lot of new updates that we want to give you guys because we're working hard on this behind the scenes. So we're going to keep you guys informed from either your audio or your headphones, or if you're watching us on YouTube, we're going to keep you informed from your screen. But we have a couple new partnerships, one with the Temi Sports, Resistance Bands, and PT Bands. Uh, we have a link in our link tree in our bio at FEOTB Pod for the far end of the bench and if you go through that link to their site and then buy something through their site a portion of your sale will go back towards us uh, which is great because we're growing this thing as far as we can so far and we'd like to make a little bit of money so that we can continue to expand um, and then we also have another one that's pretty near and dear to my heart so our Gunnison listeners uh, you're going to be excited for this but we're partnering with High Alpine Brewing Company as well um, and we're going to be out there in, in a couple weeks. But, Nico, what else we got going on? Man, on top of those great partnerships, we have a huge interview coming out Friday. Massive interview coming out Friday with the Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 50 champ, first team all pro, right guard, left guard, left tackle in high school, all that good stuff. Louis Vasquez, man. I'm wearing his jersey. He's he's, he's retired now. He has a great foundation in the Louis Vasquez um, Legacy, uh, Foundation. Legacy Foundation. A lot of great stuff from that episode. A lot of great stories, Peyton Manning stories, Phil Rivers stories. Yep. Um, talking about the combine, his his professional days, his before professional days, his, his boxing school, career, his boxing career. Yeah, a little, I mean a little bit of everything. It's a great episode. You will not want to miss that. No, if you like the Birdman episode, you guys are gonna love the Louis episode coming out. Uh, by the way, I might have to beat you up and take that three X Louis Vasquez jersey now. That, now that we've had that interview, yeah, I'm gonna have to get a smaller jersey. This well, is my, this is my dad's. I'm gonna have to get a smaller one. Let's let's go ahead. Let's get into the episode. What's up, bench warmers? Welcome to the far end of the bench, episode twenty-six. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. Uh, it's Super Bowl week, baby, but we got a lot right, of other yeah, things. Judy, we got Super a lot Bowl of week. other things talk, to talk about too. It's not just going to be football, even though that's my favorite sport. I, I give Nico his basketball time and everything like that. But we got to start off with something that we announced on our color cast we on do Friday. Not want to be talking about this, but we have to, and here we are. No, I, I was hoping that it wasn't going to happen. Nolan was hoping that it wasn't going to happen. Because when he signed that contract, and we'll just go ahead and get this out of the way, Nolan Arenado 
greatest third baseman in Rockies history, one of the greatest third basemen of all time, especially defensively, got traded from the Colorado Rockies to the St. Louis Cardinals for who cares? It doesn't even matter at this point. But we also sent them $50 million. So we're Jeff Breidich is one of the most generous people, apparently, of all time in sports. I was hoping that it wasn't going to happen, and the it, it, I kind of felt like it was coming because of the way his contract was set up. Uh, when he didn't want the player option put in, and then Jeff Breidich forced him to have a player option in his contract. Yeah, everything just went downhill after that. Literally everything. Um, Breidich putting the player option after four years, and then just everything going sideways. You knew it was. You knew things were gonna not go the way they wanted to. Yeah. Breidich put that into the contract stipulation because he knew that this team was gonna go nowhere. This team is three years away from winning a wild card game, and then also playing for the NL West title on the last game of the year. People forget we were one game away from finally dethroning the Dodgers for the division title. But we're back to back to back to back to back to back to back NL West division participants, and it has gone bad to worse. Sending fifty million that just pisses me off more than anything. Seeing the return we got back, also we didn't get the Cardinals' best prospect. It's not like we traded for their best prospect. We didn't even get a single top eight or top five prospect that the Cardinals have in their farm system. That if that tells you anything, that is terrible. Well, I mean, it's god awful. What 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 is being done by Breidich and by this Rockies team is they're making teams making the fans turn on it. This has gotten from bad to worse. Fans are come to the Rockies games for a reason because they enjoy the atmosphere and there's an aura behind Coors Field. But no one is going to be watching the team now, and people are going to riot, and people are not going to be happy going to games, and that is all on one man's doing. Actually, I take that. It's not one man's doing. It's also on Dick Munford because Dick Munford, in all honesty, picked Jeff Breidich over Nolan Arenado. He said that I tr- I trust my GM more than I trust my all-star third baseman, and I trust the cornerstone of my franchise, and said, you know what, I trust my GM to do the right thing, and I don't trust a Nolan Arenado. Brighton should have been gone after what happened last offseason and signing Wade Davis, signing Dale Murphy. I mean, we, we let DJ LeMahieu walk for the same amount of money that we paid Daniel Murphy. Mm-hmm. Just, and just Daniel Murphy that. just retired. And he, Daniel Murphy's retired. And DJ just got paid the max in New York. Yeah. That it, just goes to show how, how this Rockies organization is going. It's, From, when having the best infield of baseball, and DJ LeMayo at second, Trevor Story at short, and then Nolan at third, to now having a bunch of nobodies. Oh, I don't know who terrible. the who plays for the Rockies anymore at this point. I have no clue other than Trevor Story. And, hey, knock he's on wood. He's a free agent this year. So he's that also, made long. And if we re-sign him, he's going to be on the trading block too. This is as bad of a general manager situation as I've seen since Major League. And Major League was made up. Major League was a joke. It was a comedy movie where the owner tries to make the team as bad as possible so that she can up and move him to Boca Raton. Maybe maybe Breidish wants to retire early and go, move to Boca or something. At this point, send the Rockies to Utah and let them be the Utah Rockies because this is disrespectful to the state. This The Rockies organization, we've been rebuilding to, since 2008, the year after we made the World Series. We've mm-hmm. been rebuilding. Whether it be the Tulo deal and that heartbreaking thing or also trading Matt Holiday to the Oakland Athletics, at least in that deal, we got a good piece back in cargo. But yeah. there's no positivity in this trade at all for Nolan Arenado. We didn't get a lick of return. You sent 
the Rockies have one of the lowest payrolls already in baseball, and you sent fifty million over there. Yeah, I mean, when you trade away a best your best player, isn't that supposed so you can get rid of the big contract so that you don't have to pay that kind of money? I mean, if I, we're gonna pay them fifty million dollars, why couldn't we pay them fifty million dollars to stay? Exactly. And then at least in the Tulo deal, we took on Reyes's contract, Jose Reyes' contract, way back when, and that made it work, and we didn't have to send money. But ever since Kelly Smith McGregor passed away, unfortunately, in twenty. I think it was either 2014 or 2013. This Rockies organization has gone downhill. We've, we've been tanking ever since. I am ha- I the first the first first day of this ha- when it, when it really ha- originally happened, my thought process was, I'm happy for Nolan. I am very happy for Nolan. He deserves a chance to get a ring, and being one of the best third basemen in baseball, he will have the shine, the light shine on him in, in St. Louis. Because mm-hmm. St. Louis is a, is a baseball market. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a baseball market. He's going to be beloved there in St. Louis. They gave up next to nothing. They still have their full team intact, and they just added the best third baseman in baseball. And I hope he wins a ring there. I don't like Cardinals. Um, I have friends who went to Augustana that are Cardinals fans, but I hope they win because of Nolan because he deserves it. The city of Denver loved him, and mm-hmm. I mean loved him. And when it comes to when it comes to Colorado sports, there's figures that everyone loves: Jokic, everyone loves; McKinnon, everyone loves; Von Miller and Peyton Manning, everyone loves. When it came to baseball, it was Nolan Arenado. He was it. It was it. There was, and then maybe Kyle Freeland you could throw in there because he went to high school here, but he's not noteworthy anymore. It was Nolan Arenado and everybody else. Yeah. And now not being able to see him at third base anymore for this team, it gives you no. No glimpse of hope. Unless something turns out out of these prospects, the Rockies just did the second worst deal in baseball behind Babe Ruth. Yeah, and that's freaking awful that we have to compare that that trade to the great Bambino steal. But it, it just makes absolutely no sense because it's not like Todd Helton, Larry Walker, great players. Larry Walker, I never we I don't think we were old enough to be able to watch him play. But the stories that I've heard, he is one of the best hitters in baseball history. But those, it's really not so Hall of Famer too last year. Yeah, but it's not like those guys were on Nolan's level. Nolan is possibly the best defensive third baseman to ever play baseball. I know you you didn't play baseball growing up, and you're not as big of a baseball fan, but that's pretty well known. It, it's the same same well. It's as well known as Nathan McKinnon is the most talented player offense and defense wise in in the league. He should have never wore another purple, another color other than purple. We had him in our farm system. We drafted him. He wasn't a high draft pick. He he came in and became the player that he was, and I just don't get it. Especially he has so many great moments in Colorado with the Father's Day game. Oh my God, that still brings goosebumps back to me. That hitting the grand slam on Father's Day for the walk off winner, and then completing the cycle mm-hmm. all in one play. One of the best moments in Rockies history, right up there with Matt Holiday touching home, Padres fans. But I mean, it's, no, no one deserves better. I'm, I'm, I'm sad being a Rockies fan that I won't see him anymore. But I'm happy being a Nolan Arenado fan, knowing that he has a shot somewhere else to win a ring. Because we, he wasn't winning here. No, he, he wasn't, wasn't going to win it here, unfortunately. Are we boycotting the Rockies now? I mean, I know you and I are. We're no longer a Rockies podcast. We're yeah, a, a Rockies fan. We're going to have to be. We're a Yankees about. podcast at this point, but. I'm not going to bandwagon the Yankees just yet. I'm going to root for players. Cause you can I'll, root for I'll, DJ. I'll root for DJ. Yeah. I'll root for Nolan. And wherever story goes, I'll root for him too. Oh, but man, you're going to make me cry. Besides, besides that, I'll go to the Rockies games and get drunk off my ass because that's the only thing that's good for it, being at Coors Field now. Oh, yeah. I and mean, honestly, I bring up the boycott to, to bring up the fact that when people go to the Rockies games, when they have high selling, high ticket numbers, it's mainly the team, whoever they're playing. So like when Chicago comes and plays in Colorado, it's mostly Cubs fans that come in and, and buy the tickets there. So I think 
if you're going to point to a, a singular reason why this trade happened, it's because Breidich knows that nobody's coming to be to cheer for the Rockies. He well, knows that he's catering to the opposing team's fans. I mean, obviously COVID and everything, fans not being at full capacity there, but when the Rockies first came to Colorado, there was a sellout streak of, of 13 years, I believe, or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I believe it's still one of the longest-lasting um, sellout streaks by a new expansion team in baseball history, and this team has had nothing to show for it. This, the, we've we've had good talent. We ha- we've we've been to the World Series. Yeah. Not many teams have been able to even get there, and we've been able to get there. And people forget we had Ubaldo Jimenez that year, who was the best pitcher in baseball, to go along with Todd Helton and Matt Holliday and guys that. Yeah, and Aaron Cook and that yeah. that team, Brad Hopp, and the list goes on and on. That's 2017 Rockies team. Is one of my favorite rock baseball teams of all time just because of the talent on that team. But the Rockies organization, I put you below the Rapids now. I put you below the Colorado Mammoth. I yeah. put you below the Colorado Eagles, the minor league hockey team. If we I, still had the Crush, I'd put you below I the Crush, too. I put you below too. the Colorado Crush. Right now, the tier list of Colorado sports teams, the Rockies are at the very, very bottom. I put the the far end of the bench men's rec league team being more notable than the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Billy Bean, the great the from um, Moneyball. There's the high, there's the rich teams, there's the poor teams, there's 50 feet of crap, there's high school sports in Colorado, and then there's the Rockies. They're at the very 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 bottom of the list. Cool, the rooftop bar it must be cool and it must be enjoyable to go to. But if we were able to get a top prospect back and not throw 50 million at somebody. I would have been able to sleep at night knowing that at least we got a good prospect in return, and at least no one gets to go to a good team. At least and, some of it made sense at that yeah, point. Yeah, some of it made sense. But, I mean, going to the Cardinals makes sense, but getting no top prospect, sending money this way, literally the city of or the state of Missouri paid less for the Louisiana, Louisiana purchase than the Rockies paid for the Cardinals to take Dolan Arenado. That's terrible. No, it's like terrible. It was like Nolan was a bad player, and you were trying to get him out of here, and you had to entice the Cardinals some other way. I, I can't imagine the number of phone calls Jeff Breidich got in deals somehow, for Nolan. If he Aaron somehow would have traded him to the Dodgers, it would have been all hell breaking loose. Yeah. But this is right there. Right uh, there. Everybody hates the Cardinals. The Cardinals fan base is one of the. If you're going worst fan bases, you hate Philly fans, obviously. But it's like Philly fans because they threw snowballs at Santa and tipped over Santa's sleigh. And then it's like Cardinals baseball fans because they're still really – they're good. Like they've won their World Series and they're competitive every year. But they're just not – they stick in everybody's side. And it's yeah. going to be – I saw I, – I physically retched when I saw the first Photoshop of Nolan Arenado in, in that, that bright god-awful blue. bright blue. Okay, it's, those aren't bad jerseys. Give no, those no, are those, terrible. They those are. are terrible. They are. They are. They were only cool in NFL hits or what, or MLB hits, the, the, the baseball game where you were jacked up on steroids and everything like that. It, it was, there's no good part about it. There's, and honestly, I said it, I maybe was overreacting, but when we were talking about it when it first happened, I think that this makes them the worst franchise in sports right now. Right I, up there with the Texans. Texans right and the Texans. you said the Knicks. I mean, the, the, the Knicks at least have promise now. But oh, man. At one point, the the Rockies, what they are right now, were what the Knicks were a few years ago. With the James Dolan kicking out um, kicking out Fans. Char- Charles Oakley yeah. and then Spike Lee say, or having your owner say Spike Lee is a Fairweather fan. At least Breidich hasn't done that, but we're almost there. Oh, we mean, are almost there. Breidich is 
came out and said because people would question his decisions, obviously, because he makes no no good decisions. And uh, the sports station in Colorado calls him Doctor Breidich because his response to people criticizing his GM moves. Well, I don't go into the brain surgeon's office and criticize him on how he does his job. He went to Harvard. I know what I'm doing. So no, but you think you're a general manager job is as difficult as somebody lining up or getting ready for brain surgery no it doesn't take a brain surgeon no you don't trade fucking nolan arenado and then pay 50 million dollars to cover his contract the contract that you forced him into he didn't want that contract he didn't want a player option it just makes no sense and like you said trevor story is going to be out the door now too he has a player option too this year and why the hell would you resign considering what we just saw um what we just saw the Rockies do with Nolan, why the hell would you resign here? No, there's no... And I hope Nolan comes out and says, I want to stay here, and then he leaves, because I don't want Brightish to make another idiotic deal and then fuck the Rockies up for another next 10 years. Because uh, right now, I hope Story gets to go wherever he wants. doesn't matter where it is. I just hope he gets to go out on his terms and doesn't resign here, and the Rockies don't send him somewhere where he's going to suck. Because I want him to have a great career as well. And the last thing I want him to do is brightish cuck over another one of our players. Over under on whether or not the Rockies win 40 games. I mean, they're going to probably win over 40 if, games because it's a 162-game season. But we are, We're going to be laughing soccer baseball. There's no doubt about it. We have no pitching, no no one in the field to even think about. Charlie Blackman is is way, way old. Mm-hmm. Our best player, if Story leaves, is going to be Rymel Tapia. Oh, my God. And I, I have some friends that love Tapia, but Rymel well, Tapia I mean, is not a – not a household name, I'll tell you that. No, in baseball, you need some star power. You need a little bit of pop. In I mean, to add insult to injury, you also let David Dahl walk this offseason. Didn't yeah. even resign him. He was an all-star two or three years ago. Right. Never forget that. He was one of the better hitters on your team last year, too. Just let him walk. And then you have... He didn't have that great of a year last year, but still. No. Letting him walk after being two years removed from an all-star team, no one was just probably like, you know, I don't care anymore. If you're story, why the hell would you stay? There's I hope no... he doesn't. No, no good side about the Rockies at all. Highest point. payroll player on this team, I'm pretty sure, is still Wade Davis, and he's going to be coming out of the bullpen at AAA. Wade Davis is not. Wade Davis is probably the worst closing pitcher that I've seen in the last five years in baseball. Oh, it's been – it's god-awful. No. There's this certain mindset that you have to have as a closer, and being a fan of the Yankees, I got the privilege of always watching the best closer in baseball and Mariano Rivera. Baseball history. Baseball, Yeah, the, the best closer ever, and – you knew once you heard Enter Sandman when he was getting ready for his little jog from center field and in the polo grounds and then not the polo grounds, but in the old Yankee stadium, old Yankee stadium. And then even in the new one, you knew game's over. He's going to throw three cutters and people are going to hit the ball on the ground, pound it into the dirt, and then they're going to go home happy. And this Rockies team is going to be very lucky to scrape together 50 wins on the season. They're going to win. They're going to lose over a hundred games. They might lose 120. If somehow this team can win baseball games, I'm going to be very surprised. It depends on how many times they play the Giants because them and the Giants are going to be a barn burner to see who sucks more. I, I really, I, I still like the Giants more because at least they have young prospects. We have nothing to show for. This rock. I hope there's fans in the stadium just so every single game there can be a fire Jeff Breidich chant. Some, something like that. Give me we're, something. We're, we're going to try and get that hashtag trending because I don't think I've seen it trend yet. Oh, everybody, his name has been trending. Uh, well, Not the fire Breidich but the name has been trending, trust me. And don't come at us saying we shouldn't hope for a guy to lose his job. No. No, he's he's taking away an well, entire franchise from a state. A playoff team, three years ago, one game away from winning your division, has turned into a minor league farm system. That shows you all you have to be. You have to know. 
Let's let's move on from that to other bad news in Colorado sports. Nathan McKinnon last night got injured and wasn't able to return to the game. Um, and I I put it on here. Should we panic? Knowing knowing what your answer was going to be and knowing what answer I had, no, we shouldn't panic. No, we shouldn't panic because we still lost in overtime last night. And after twenty seconds after McKinnon got hurt, we scored an even strength goal with our third line. So it's not like we're in that bad of a position. And there's enough of the season left that we can let McKinnon rest, get as healthy as he wants to be, and then have fresh legs come playoff time, and we're going to be just fine. Yeah, Sakic is the second best GM of the state. I'll say second because Ooh. I still think Tim Connolly, Tim Connolly, what he did in the draft, I think mm. still top Sackick a little bit. But Sackick is, I mean, one and two. Sackick brought in by, Byram too this year. It's one A, one B. It's one A, one B. Well, it's not okay. like one, it's not okay. like there's a drop off. But You're not putting John Elway on that list? Or George Patton. George Patton could be good. He could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, but Joe Sackick knew exactly what he what this team needed, and that was depth. Mm-hmm. And getting this offseason, getting sod, and having already a great third and fourth line. P.A. Bellamar has also been hurt. They're, I mean, we're, we're a load of injuries, but we're just feeding new talent in. Because mm-hmm. Newhook is – Alex Newhook, we could see soon. He's on the Eagles, Colorado Eagles. We've seen Byron get some stints. Don Squoy's played well when he's been on the ice. Exactly. This year. We didn't see him in the bubble at all last year. Right. So this team is built to last. Sackick's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. And even though McKinnon's hurt, yeah, you, you're gonna be you're gonna be hurting that position. But now you can move Kadri to the first line because Kadri will now. I mean, obviously, it won't be as good as McKinnon, but it's still going to be very good. And having Kadri with McKinnon, or excuse me, with Ranson and Landeskog is going to be deadly still. And, and then the second line, you can throw Jost into that third line. Like It's just a revolving door. Everything will be fine with the Avs. Our depth is there. The one reason why I'm not panicking is because our goaltending has been up to par. Mm-hmm. Uh, François has been hurt, and we've seen a lot of good things from Gruber. That just shows me that when François comes back, we're going to have the best one-two punch in hockey. Yeah. So I think we'll just, just be just fine. Um, like I said, early on in the season, we're still winning games. We're we're still killing teams and scoring touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 McKinnon, we're not going to score as many touchdowns we'll, this we'll, year, but we'll, we'll kick yeah, a few field goals. We'll, we'll, we'll score four goals a game instead of seven without McKinnon. Like yeah. when this team is playing on all cylinders, no one can beat them. So I'm not worried at all. It's like I said, it's early on in the season. Just gotta take time. Take mm-hmm. time to get everyone healthy. Don't rush anyone back. Do not rush anyone back. Take your time. Get everyone back to full strength, and then hit when it's needed. That's the best part about being in the division that we're in because there's the Blues and the Knights, which are very two very good teams. But then you have a team like the Wild who's overperforming, and we saw the Wild have to go into overtime to beat an Avalanche and team without McKinnon. it's still one point. you got to remember, yeah. it's still one point, so you're still up in the standings. That's the other thing that people don't really realize about hockey is that the point system, you get two for a regulation win, but if you go into overtime, each team gets one point. Yeah, so so it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a bad... Going into overtime, there's worse things that I can mean, happen. Yeah, obviously you want the extra point, but getting a, a point on top of that doesn't hurt. They were already in the points lead. I think they might have tied Vegas right now if Vegas continued to win. But th- I think they were they had 13 and Vegas had 12, and now they'll have 14 and Vegas might have might have picked up a win and got two points. But it's not it's not the end of the world, and we're not in the East Division. We're, the East Division is a murderer's row. Everybody can beat anybody else on on any given night in the West. You have those easy games against Anaheim, San Jose, uh, Los Angeles. Those teams aren't very good. And Minnesota and Arizona are hot and cold. Like, they're good. And uh, shout out, um, it's not Hudobin, Darcy Kemper, because he is still playing as well as we saw him play in the bubble. Because I was like, what the hell? Why did the Avalanche always get the goalies that get the hot hand? But he's still being able to play well. 
Um, and then mentioning Hudobin, Hudobin's been Hudobin might take Bishop's spot on Dallas. We might see Bishop in the expansion draft next year. Yeah, I mean, I, that'd be nice in my opinion because we might lose Franco in the expansion draft, or I mean, we have a ton of talent. We're gonna lose somebody, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, if 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 Dallas keeps playing the way they have been, um, they they might see Kudobin be the main guy there for the future, and Bishop may be out on his way. I, it wouldn't be too bad for them, but I – same thing, Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, everybody relax. We'll relax. We'll We're be, still winning games. Yeah. We're still winning games, still getting points on the board. We're just ha- we just have those bumps in the road, and that's how every great team does. It's not we're not the seventy three and nine Warriors, or we're not the excuse me seventy two and ten Bulls. Everyone has their bumps in the road. We're gonna have our losses, and we'll still be able to as long as the longevity is the important part. Yeah, the longevity, and then um, I mean everybody else is struggling just as badly. Mm-hmm. The only po- the only thing that kind of gives you a little bit of pause is the fact that it was the first time that we're gonna go back to back, back to back. Because that yeah, was it's just weird. It was the first of our four game stand. sets. Yeah, it's kind of it's just very so, interesting and weird. And with the Avalanche already have enough problem with injuries, that's the only thing that kind of scares me a little bit. But it's not like it's terrible. They'll they'll play the Wild tomorrow, and I bet you they come out with a fire. It's at home finally because they played two games in Minnesota. They're going to come back to Ball Arena and, and absolutely wipe the full, wipe the ice with them. Well, yeah, that's that's what we saw from the Nuggets is when we cast it. We'll we'll transition down a little bit, but. The, they were on a road trip, and now coming back to home ice, hopefully they can pick it up because the mm-hmm. Nuggets did that. Once they came home, they do, do, dominated. Um, but, yeah, getting coming back to your, your own home, sleep in your own bed, go through your own um, ice, like ski on your own rink. Especially is, this year because when you're on the road, you can't do anything. You're yeah. in the hotel room, and then you go to the training room in the facility, and then you go onto the ice. You yeah. don't get to do anything else. Being, being at home, there's nothing like it, especially this year. Yeah, and it, looking now, we're tied with St. Louis for the top – of uh, the West Division with 13 points, uh, they're six two and one. We're six three and one, um, and then it's Minnesota and Vegas. Vegas isn't even top four right now. Vegas would miss the playoffs. It's first ten. Yeah, it's the season. first. It's first ten games of the season. But that's we're in such a good place. There's no need. Yes, I saw a lot of people explode on Twitter, and I re- resemble that fact because I did that a little bit when we were live tweeting the playoffs. But it's not like it's not near as bad as what it could have been. Yeah. Things things can be worse. You could be a Rockies fan, and we still have remember that. we still have Landy and EJ's back. And Miko is the is scoring at a crazy rate. Like this team is going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, now you want to go to basketball because we can kind of transition yeah, into we, our let's color transition cast. Transition to the basketball game. Right. The game we called Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, against the Spurs when we. Well, it, the it, Nuggets it, didn't show up, but we a, were here. It was a trap game. Yeah. <laughs> let's put it that way. It's a trap game. But what we saw Friday night is Jokic is a top three MVP candidate. Anyone who says otherwise, you don't know basketball. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're biased. I know. But what this man has been able to put up this year is ridiculous. Out of a center. He dropped 47 the other night against Utah, who was on an 11-game win streak. This man is doing things that no center has done ever before. Embiid has had a great year. Don't get me wrong. But right now, one and two in the MVP race should be Jokic and Embiid. It should not be LeBron. I think the only other person you can put in that conversation is KD. KD deserves mm. to be in that conversation. But Jokic and has been putting out outstanding numbers, and the Nuggets are winning games now. We've won six out of our last seven. This team is back in the playoff picture. MPJ is getting things going. Jamal Murray has been bugging injuries all season, and we're still winning games not with him not at full strength. Yeah. Um, this Nuggets team is no nothing to sleep about, and Utah. Utah's are Utah's frauds. I'll tell you right now, Utah's are the frauds here. Mm. I winning eleven games in a row. You lost three one lead still. 
you couldn't win one game when it was when it was the biggest game of the year. When it was like, a lot, the only thing that you had to do, you had to had win to one do. game. So Utah are frauds in this equation. I hated seeing everywhere that Utah are the sleepers in this conference now. No, they're not. Donovan Mitchell doesn't know um, how to pl- beat the Nuggets, and you were to go bare. 47 points on your head to the two-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, you're nothing. Max contract my ass. No, Rudy also. Rudy Gogurt. Gogurt, well, uh, yeah. Rudy COVID virus because he's the one who shut down the entire league. Because it was a joke. World almost. Well, it, it was a joke, remember? And then he came out and rubbed all the different microphones. And then, oh, nope, nobody's playing again for another five months. We're all going to go live in our houses for the next five months. Uh, I mean, I mean, twelve months. We're still well, here, Jimmy. Hey, we're still here. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it leaves. Um, you know, but I think the one thing that we can kind of talk about, and it's definitely got to get better, defense. Yes. The defense yes, on Friday yes. night. Demar Derozan dropped thirty and was eleven of fourteen from the field. I'll talk about that a little bit later on in this episode, but it wasn't even just him. Uh, Murray for this for San Antonio. Dejounte Murray was going up and down the floor. And, and what gave me a little bit of pause was we know the Nuggets aren't a transition team. They're not the Los Angeles Lakers or the old Lob City Clippers where they're going to try and just sprint up the court and toss a, an oop to somebody. This is a team that needs to go, set up a pick and roll, set up some sort of offense, and then go from there. They had two uh, shot clock violations, which I don't know how you get a shot clock violation as a professional basketball player. But the defense and then trying to play the Spurs game scares me a little bit. And there were times like – Malone used all of his timeouts on Friday night, which he needed to. Because right after they come out of the timeout, it was almost like, oh, yeah, no, this is how we play games. This is how we win. This is how we're successful. But it, they would go away from that all the time. And I just – they need to have somebody that will pull them all back. And I know Jokic, he, he's doing that with his play, but they need somebody that's a little bit more vocal to be like, hey, this is how we're good. This is how we're going to be. Like when we were talking about the Zeke Naji draft – you were saying that in a couple of years he could be the guy on the floor that's like barking at people. Hey, this is you're here, I'm here, let's go. And I didn't, we didn't see that Friday night. Well, I mean the defensive loss of Tory Craig and Jeremy Grant. I'll keep going back to it every single week. That's a big miss. Mm-hmm. It's a big loss, and that defensive help is not there now. Um, I'll tell you one thing though: the Spurs are very similar to the Kings in an aspect of they both play a similar game. Jonte Murray and De'Aaron Fox, although they're probably not on the same type of level, good as as level of player like goodness and how great they are darren fox is probably a little step above but both are going to run down your throat beat you down the floor in five seconds really fast and then DeRozan and buddy heel they'll get you a shot however they want and then they have a good big and luck marcus aldridge who we didn't see a whole lot from so the spurs team they've been hot give them credit they've been a good team so far they're eighth seed in the playoffs right the, now yeah they're i mean great popfish led teams are always going to be something so kudos to them they're a good they're a solid team always hot to bottom um what I'd want to see from them is I think they maybe are one piece away still from possibly contending, um, but they, they definitely do have a good core. And building around Ajante Murray and DeMar DeRozan, I think they're going to be set for the future just fine. Yeah, and we even mentioned that, that there's a possibility they could move DeMar for an even younger. Yeah, you um, could, yeah, you could grow. Get, I mean, get a younger guy in there, such as a Buddy Heel, maybe if San, if San Antonio wants to drop off a first round pick over there or something. I don't know. There, there's different options the Spurs have. They're one of the weirdest franchises because they were the oldest with Tony Parker and um, Mono Ginobili and, and Tim Duncan. Yeah. So and now they're one of the youngest because 
we didn't even get to see their best, most explosive offensive player. Derek White was out. Yeah. He well, wasn't I, even. I, I wouldn't say most explosive. No, because. one of the most yeah. explosive. And, and he's a guy. He, he's a, a shooter, right? He's not. Sh- they didn't really have a shooter down. on the floor. He can knock down. Uh, from three. Shooter yeah. from three. Don't get me wrong. DeMar DeRozan's mid-range game. Well, the best mid-range game in basketball. Well, now the game is transitioned where we, three, you say yeah. shooter. It's a three-point exactly, three yeah. shot. Um, but. but Derek White is definitely a three-point shooter. Shout out to CU basketball out and there. UCCS and UCCS as well. So um, the Spurs have a lot of problems. Like I said, it was a hiccup in the road. It was it was a trap game. Like we say in football, it's a trap game for the Nuggets. Yeah, it was your sixth straight road game. You've won five in a row. It is what it is. You come back home and beat the Jazz, handle the Jazz. That's why I'm shaking this off and just be like, it's okay. Yeah, if they would have came out and sputtered against the Jazz too, especially being opening up a new home stand, that would have been something. Um, Faku's. It was a good Friday night, but even Michael Malone came out and said, it's "Like, you gotta let, have a guy on the on your team that's like him because he'll airball one, like totally miss the rim, and it doesn't matter. He's gonna throw it up again, and it's good sometimes, it's bad sometimes. But honestly, from what I remember watching the Nuggets, especially in the playoffs, they've never really had somebody like that. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now, if Faku's shooting five threes a game, we're losing the game." As not as, he uh, shot Faku, five threes in the first one that we brought color cast. That is and, true. And Faku, he, Faku is not a guy that there's going to be a spot up shooter for this team. He is going to be a slice and dicer and try to. I mean, his he tries to be Jokic. He tries to be Jokic. Yeah, he's a five foot ten Jokic, as we can say. Um, but five ten might be generous. Yeah, that's true. But Faku, his defense. I need better defensive pressure from him because he's being pickpocketed every. Or actually, he's not doing anything defensively. He's making smart plays like weak side help, but mm-hmm. on ball, he is not good. On ball defense is terrible. That's where having missing PGA Doza hurts. Um, Gary Harris is hurt now. He, I mean, Nuggets got their game postponed tonight, the night we're recording this. But missing Gary Harris is going to hurt. I want to see more RJ Hampton. I think we have a good prospect in RJ Hampton, and he's a taxi cab guy. And now in this league, especially this year, where you don't know who's going to be missing games or whatever. It's important to get those young guys reps. RJ Hampton, I think, can do that. So I would yeah. love to see more from him. And I think, I think Mike Malone is going to start moving towards that a little bit more in the second half of the season, especially. Well, I mean, with his upside, he's got one of. The, at one point, he was a top five pick in the NBA draft, um, and then people kind of fell off because he was in Australia and didn't go to college. So it's it's a little bit different there. But if you got a guy with that kind of upside, and you have the ability now with all the injuries that you're dealing with, get them on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Michael Malone knows that. That's what Popovich did with, with his teams too. And that's that's the other good thing about the Nuggets is, yes, they have Tim Connolly, who's a great GM, but Michael Malone coming from one of the best coaching trees in the NBA, that, that's, I mean, there's not a whole bunch that you can sit, look back and say, because like with the Avalanche, you could look back, and I know a lot of people, I'm one of them, maybe one of the most vocal. I don't like Bednar. I, I have a, a lot of friends who also don't like the way he coaches. It's, it's work because he's so talented, but... I trust Michael Malone with whatever he's going to do. Yeah, that's he, that's the one thing that I can say about the Nuggets. Yeah, Popovich coaching tree is something. It's like the Belichick coaching tree. Or the Andy Reid coaching tree. Or Andy Reid coaching tree. You know what you're going to get. And Malone knows that this is not a sprint. It's a jog and then a sprint at the end. Yeah. This isn't This isn't get hot right away and then cool off. This is just get through games, get through the season, through your home stands, through the away road trips, and then be prepared for the ending. Mm-hmm. No, there's a lot of good things for the Nuggets moving forward. And like we said, they have a lot of prospects that we haven't seen that we're probably going to start seeing get more minutes. Um, including Bull Bull. Including Bull Bull. Bull Possibly Bull Bull. And uh, hopefully MPJ gets more because he only got 20 minutes on Friday night. He's, he's still 
trying to get back to full strength, yeah. I think. Obviously, he's still putting up massive points when he gets minutes. But when we see full, MPJ at full strength, you'll know it. He's not there right now, and he is going to be an absolute stud. I think it's just weird, though, is because – when I watch the reserves get in at the end of games, I'm excited to watch them. And I've n- never been able to say that before. I think the last time I could say that is when, I don't think you know this guy's name, but Ronaldo Balkman, you remember that name? Came over from the Knicks in the Mellow Trade. When we were winning games, Balkman would always come in at the end of games and everyone would tell him to shoot the ball because everyone loved him. He's a fan favorite. But now with this, with these reserves that don't come in in the main rotation, and Vlako Chanchar, who's a fan favorite, and um, Bull Bull, and Zeke Naji and RJ Hampton, Faku, like you want every everyone to do well because they're all fun and up and coming guys who could be getting good minutes here in the future. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna see plenty of those guys on car commercials in Colorado yeah. moving forward. The only reason that we don't see Jokic in, in all of those is because he doesn't speak the best English. Yeah, he's he's still he's still working on what these what these dominate mean. What is dominate me? What is drop forty-seven points on the two-time defensive player? The uh, <laughs> I he's he's French, right? Yes. No, he he didn't put up a fight. He's no. not Serbian. No. He's not the Serbian prince. No, he's he's no Luca. He's no Luca. Uh, let's transition now because you're wearing all Broncos gear. All Broncos gear. It's Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week. I gotta reminisce on the good stuff. So this is a Super Bowl Fifty jersey, a player who played in the Super Bowl, and I'm wearing the old D. So like, I gotta reminisce the old times. The old D. Pause. Pause, yeah, yeah. Team, but, but I gotta recognize the old, the older days and not the newer ones. So that's why I'm rocking older gear. No, and I don't know if they could see it. They can, pro- yeah, they can't see it on. They have yeah, a Romo jersey, jerseys, yeah, Romanowski jersey, yeah. But uh, let's talk before we get into the Super Bowl because we'll have plenty on that. We're gonna go through all of the prop bets um, and break down the game fully. There was a big trade and it kind of kicked off. It's not official yet because free agency hasn't opened up, but. The Rams and Lions basically swapped starting quarterbacks, but also it was Jared Goff. Did it was the Lions sent the Rams Stafford and two the Rams first, sent the picks, didn't picks. they? Yeah, they sent. The did the Rams, Rams send the picks or did the, the Lions? The Rams sent the picks to um, Detroit. They sent yeah. two firsts and I believe two thirds as well for Stafford. For which Stafford is, and Jared Goff. And right now, obviously, the Rams are set up for right now to win games. Because they're they're a playoff contender and they think Stafford Stafford could really could sell excel. They don't draft again in the first round until twenty twenty seven. Yeah, I mean this trade's either going to be hit or miss. If they win a Super Bowl, it all works out. But if you don't win anything, then that's a problem. Stafford could excel exceed in that system. But if you're a Lions fans, you get a young quarterback in Jared Goff. If you if you don't get anything good out of him next year, you can draft a quarterback yeah. and then you can be back in the same cycle because you're either tanking and you get a full court, good quarterback or Jared Goff is still as good as he is. And you have great draft picks. So lions here are in a win-win situation and also Stafford wanting to go to California. Cause I heard that was a stipulation in it. The, the, the lions wanted to try to keep their good character because yeah. they knew lion, not Matt Stafford was the best quarterback in Lions history and they, they, that is they a fair statement. yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, that's really, that's, that's, that's a lot, not a lot to it. say, yeah. But, um, Matt Stafford, they sent him to LA where his high school teammate, Clint Kershaw, is oh, there. That, da- watching Dodgers games are going to be unbearable this year, <laughs> so never forget that. Um, but if you're a Lions fan, you got to be happy with how this went down, yeah. I you, just losing your star quarterback and the return you got, you got to be happy, no. And if Jared Goff. Don't forget, he did make it to the Super Bowl a few years ago. Didn't play very well in it. And there's the – you can talk about whether or not he's a game manager. Um, so they're definitely – they're going to need him plus the capital that they got. And that's the interesting thing 
I don't know why the Rams would have paid. It's similar, not similar to the Arenado trade, but why would you pay him that big contract and then move him in two years? I know you trust Sean McVay, and I know Sean McVay basically is the same way Mike Shanahan was when he was in Denver, where he's not the coach and the well, Shanahan was the coach and GM, but McVay basically gets to tell the executives what he wants, and that's that's where they're going to go get him. It's just interesting to me because I don't think Stafford is worth two firsts and two two thirds. I and, think that and your starting quarterback and your starting quarterback. I think he might be. You could argue that it's a first, a couple seconds, or a couple thirds, maybe. I don't know. I think, especially with his age, it's it's hard. Like Deshaun Watson's worth as oh, many yeah, first round yeah. picks as you want, but if you're gonna get that kind of capital for Matt Stafford, I mean, Stafford what is, is it gonna take to get Deshaun Watson? Yes, yeah, Stafford is 31. Yeah. So give him a little. He, he. I mean, if he plays the Tom Brady's. He has another 10 years. That's to be being said if he's able to do that. I don't think he'll be able to do that. He's gotten the shit kicked out of him in Detroit for the yeah, past so, however so many now, years. So now if you're the Rams, you got to think. John Wolford led you to almost a playoff win in, in Seattle if it wasn't for Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, his mediocre game, one-year game Seattle, now adding Stafford, who's been in a terrible system, and not have much help around him. That's I mean, you got you to be happy as a Rams fan. Although you give up all the draft capital, you still have – Cooper Cup still have Robert Woods still mm-hmm. have um who's the who's the rookie running back behind him Cam Brown and then Cam Akers. Cam Akers yeah this is the other one so he has talent around him better than he's ever had in Detroit yeah. I mean, uh, Megatron, he had Megatron. Megatron aside Megatron aside because yeah. Megatron was only there for so long but if you're if you're a Rams fan if it if that helps at all because your defense is still good then your offense gets slightly better that could make you contender in the NFC yeah so you don't hate that at all but when it comes to Sean Watson. I heard rumors that that's not going to affect the Deshaun trade at all, but I beg to differ. I, I'm going to tell you right now. Houston's already asking for this: the lease to your house, a new car, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and, well, in all seriousness, what I heard on, because I was watching NFL Network yesterday, and they're up to the minute, was two firsts, two seconds, plus two young defensive stars. So for in the, in the Broncos' case, that would be two first-round picks, two second-round picks, plus Bradley Chubb, and Justin I, probably. probably Justin Simmons. That, there's no shot the Broncos do that. I'll tell you right now, if I'm to the the Texans just need draft capital. They need draft capital. Not having a first round pick hurts, and they could make things a lot better with it all. Like you, you at this point, you try to get got to get a quarterback back. Mm-hmm. You you're pushing daisies. Maybe you get a quarterback and then a young defensive player, but you're not getting two defensive players no. from a team and four first round picks because Deshaun Watson will just hold out. And to the point where Texans think they can still contend, I beg to differ. Yeah, J.J. Watt's still on the other side, but he's probably – J.J. Watt wants out as, he's probably, yeah, as he's, bad, badly as Deshaun So he, they're probably, probably both gone now. you got to get what you can because last thing you want is to tarnish your reputation as it is. Don't do what Breitish did, um, but at least make a smart deal that helps you out because getting two young defenders – there's very little teams that you're going to be able to get that from. Very little. Well, I mean, you can't even – the team that makes the most sense for the trade right now is the New York Jets because they can get the second round. If if you're the Jets and you give up your number two overall pick to get Deshaun Watson, it, that's basically as good as drafting a quarterback number two overall yeah. this year. Plus then, if you're the Texans, you get back in the first round this year at number two, which is higher than what you would have you had. Draft quarterback. Dra- and if, if you're the Texans, I think – and you're working with the Jets – Take this number two overall pick. Take 
maybe if they have, because I know they have a good young linebacker, maybe take him because the Jets will still have C.J. Mosley come back after off of his injury, and they have some other good defensive players. Uh, but take Darnold, too, because you can use Darnold as your bridge quarterback, which sucks. I mean, poor Sam Darnold. Poor because Same it, case as Josh Rosen. Yeah, I, well, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold's so much more likable than Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold didn't put himself in the situation that Josh Rosen did. It sucks because you go from one dumpster fire, you trade one for the other, but it, it it makes the most sense as a franchise because he's a decent enough bridge quarterback, and then you get the capital that you need to get your next guy yeah, they, and still be way more competitive than you were this year. That's true. The one thing the Jets have against them, though, is with that defensive person they want back is they want Quinn Williams. Yeah. And for the Jets, Robert Sala, I heard, wants to coach Quinn Williams more than anything. I want to see Robert Sala coach Quinn Quinn Williams. So I think that could be a match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, But if if you can get Deshaun Watson, try to – if you can get him without giving up Quinn Williams, I think you're set up better. Yeah. But you don't want to give up too much. And what the Texans are asking are just – is just horrendous. No, and it it adds a little bit of a wrinkle with the fact that they let Jamal Adams go. If they still had him around, you can maybe make the case that you can give up a C.J. Mosley, or or I can't. Sorry, Dom. I yeah, don't know I don't, the Jets players. Know, we don't know I don't know who Jets they players. have to who they have to trade. Uh, but I think Sam Darnold is the interesting X factor that the Jets can offer that not a lot of other teams can offer the Texans. To where we've seen him, he's talented. Like that that run against the Broncos, he yeah he's showing spurts, good spurts. And the only reason why he's not as successful as he probably should be is because when you're drafted into a situation where Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator of your team, you're not learning how to play quarterback of the NFL. You're learning how to pick up nine man blitzes. You're learning how to get up off the ground because they brought eleven guys on the field faster than you could make a decision to throw to somebody. I think that I, if he gets in some sort of system, and I don't even know who the the Texans, the Texans coach, his press conference might have overtaken. Uh, and actually, that was Philly. But I don't even yeah, know who the Texans coach he, yeah, the has. Texans coach didn't really have a whole lot to say either. No, but said, I don't even know. Like I don't even know his background. I don't even know what he's going to bring to the franchise. Yeah, if you're the Jets, I mean, if you can get Deshaun Watson to take over your team, you do one hundred percent. And he wants um, to be there. He wants to be under yeah, Robert Sala. And the Texans. If, if you can get a quarterback back like Sam Darnold and see what you have from him, because mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson excelled in that terrible offense. He played well. He had he put up the most yards. 4,800 yards. 4,800 yards was still killing with a terrible offense around him. Yeah. Maybe see what you got from Sam Darnold. And then with the number two pick, you can draft, and you're going to hate this, maybe a Penny Sewell to help your, set, your, your left tackle to ensure the offensive line. You could work around that. You could – Build around that, and then if you suck next year, you'll have the number one pick, and you'll be just fine. They already got a, a first-round tackle at Mackay Becton. Uh, let's not forget about no, no, that. I'm talking about the Texans. Oh, the Texans. The Texans. Yeah. No. Well, they get the number two pick. Please, and, tr- no. and, and they include that, and they take Sam Darnold on there, because I don't think they take a quarterback if they got Sam Darnold in return. Yeah. I think they go elsewhere. They probably and, go I mean, quarterback later on in the draft. Yeah, the next I think the next best option would be Penny Sewell, unless they hate you hate to say that because I don't think they take a corner at number two. That'd be way too high unless they trade back on top of that and try to get more picks because maybe that's not a terrible idea. The, but the, they could use the second pick and probably pick up a ninth. Not, not probably not ninth. If it, if, probably not ninth. <laughs> Relax on the ninth. Not pick. ninth. Uh, I don't know. Maybe pick up the fourth, which would be the Bengals, and then a fifteenth or something like that Aren't with the another Bengals team. Fifth? No, they are fifth. Yeah, they are fifth. Pick up the fifth. 
And then the fifteenth, the because I want the if the Bengals don't draft Penny Sewell, I already downed a bottle of Fireball when they missed out on Frank Ragno. If they don't get Penny Sewell, I don't know what I'm going to do. We Would are, you be willing? Let's play hypothetical. Would you be willing to give up the fifth pick and one or t- one more first, and then another second round pick to get number two for Penny Sewell? Because I don't know about that. I would maybe let see if he falls to me and then pick someone else. Yeah. It would be different if he had played this past season. With him opting out, I think teams aren't going to be as keen to draft him. Obviously, he's still a, a top-five prospect, but not having that game film from this past year and having that whole 365 days without live action, I think is going to give some teams some pause. Yeah. But I think that the Bengals normally draft the guy that everybody thinks they're going to because they don't have a scouting department, so they just go with whatever. Oh, who did Mel Kuyper say we're going to mock draft? Sure, that's who we're going to go yeah. with. That's what they do. Uh, you got to play f- fantasy franchise last week with uh, – we-, we were talking about the Deshaun Watson trade for the Broncos. I think for the Bengals, they do – they're good at drafting in the second round. So if they give up their first-round pick or they swap first-round picks, that's fine because most of their stars are in the second round. Jesse Bates, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, uh, and uh, Sam Hubbard was also in the second round. So they that, that's fine. I don't care about that. I just really, whatever they do, they need to make sure that they have some sort of insurance policy for Joe Burrow because we saw that he is going to move that franchise forward. He is going to be the guy that can take them from the, right now they were the worst team in the AFC North, which pains me to say because the Browns, I always the, used to be able to rely. Is good now. The division yeah. is good now, though, so it's not, it's not like this is slight. I always used to rely on the Browns to be the, lower, the lowest team. We, I was going to finish third or better every single year, but... No, you're not there yet. Some sort of insurance policy for Burrow. And I think that doesn't – if Penny Sewell's not there, you know who I want him to draft? Jamar Chase. Because yeah, Jamar Chase re- reunite Burrow. him with Burrow or another one of the top receivers that, that's probably going to be there because I saw Jalen Waddle is going to be – Jalen Waddle's around that fifth pick range he, he right now. He might be late, late, like top ten, I think. It, but it, but still, either way, if you, if you miss out on the, your franchise left tackle that you let, let go because they let Andrew Whitworth walk, which is still, I mean, still if I was gonna you. if I was gonna hate Mike Brown for any other reason, I wouldn't have. That's the biggest reason that I hate him. But like I said, insurance for Joe Burrow, which that is either an offensive lineman that can protect him, or a receiver that he can throw to other than Tyler Boyd. Because I don't know, I would give up AJ Green, and I would give up. Maybe Geno Atkins because Geno's kind of towards the end of his career. That hurts me to say because I want him to retire a Bengal. But there are enough pieces and there's enough intrigue about getting Penny Sewell. There is not too many players that I wouldn't be willing so to you're, give up. You're so you say you're, you'd be willing to give up Geno Atkins, the fifth pick, and maybe a second-round pick or a third pick for the second pick to get Sewell? I wouldn't give up a second. I would put up a third. Because, like I said, they, for as bad as they are scouting-wise, their second-round picks have kind of been able to work out. So I, I would go Atkins, the fifth pick, and a third to be able to make sure that I get Penny Sewell. I don't know about jumping the number two pick with that because I think the Texans – they they're gonna be they're gonna be hungry for draft picks. Oh, they're gonna bend over whoever comes to the table with. Yeah, them. so it's not like you're gonna be able to give up nothing. I don't know if Geno Atkins they're gonna want him. Return, it's so. it's the Wolf of Wall Street right now in Houston yeah. where they can just where he's on the phone and he's, oh no this is a great stock it's gonna be great in ten years, and he's doing all the the shit behind the scenes with the the phone call. 
I I don't know. I don't think the Bengals are in contention to be able to trade up anyways because, you know, the the pieces that I threw out there aren't that intriguing to anybody outside of Bengals. Unless unless you throw in, I mean, you're not going to do this, but if you throw in Jesse Bates, then maybe, but that's never going to happen. Hell, that's like you trading Justin Simmons. Well, I mean, he's a free agent, so we we we'll see what happens with all that. But yeah, either I, way, I think both of our teams should sit still. I don't think I don't think giving up that many assets if you're you to get up Sewell. I think you can get other options. I'm and Jamar Chase, a uh, wide receiver core of Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and uh, T Higgins. That's pretty good. No, pretty and good. I've seen some mock drafts where they have Zach Wilson jumping all the way up to four to Atlanta, which mm-hmm. I can see Atlanta making that dumbass de- dumbass decision. Move on from Matt Ryan that quickly, yeah. I think they're going to move on from Matt Ryan, but I don't think that they should move on from Matt Ryan to Zach Wilson. Um, it it kind of makes – because Stafford was kind of projected to go to Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis now is even more of a player for this Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. He might not want to go there. They're not going to trade him in division. I'll tell you right now because the that's, Texans don't want to play him twice. I forgot about yeah, I that, forgot about that they were in the same division because Indianapolis is nowhere close. Yeah, that's to, that's the one thing that they have against him. I think I think they're in play for Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think that's more of a possibility if if the Falcons State quarterback, but they're not going to trade him in division considering they're at what their asking price is for. No shot they trade him in division. No, that's I forgot about that. That that was the one thing. This brain fart. <laughs> Been hitting the head a lot. Thanks, Nico. Um, but yeah. It's a, All this means is that the free agency period that we thought was going to be interesting anyways is going to be twice as interesting because this was free a huge... Free and a draft. Yeah, yeah, all of it together. This was huge, and nobody even... Like, it's not even open yet. Nobody was expecting this to happen this early, so there's a, a lot of things to look forward to. Yeah, we're going to see an NBA-type level of offseason for the NFL where we don't know what's going to go on. People will be thrown everywhere across the, across the country for different teams. It's going to be fun. New Orleans has to find a quarterback, too, because Jameis Winston's a free agent. And I know that Sean Payton likes to say Taysom Hill's going to succeed succeed uh, Drew Brees, but really, do we think that that's a good option? Or the Bears with Mitch Trubisky. Jeez, I forgot the Bears. You could go on and on about different – There's Stafford off the board cucks <laughs> a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people are, are were already trying to get Stafford, and now with him off the board – we're going to start seeing some XFL quarterbacks fly around. It's going to be a carousel. We might see a Jordan Tiamu and, and Taylor Heineke. I think he's staying in Washington, but there's a lot Washington, of – Washington, another quarterback spot. If they get a solid quarterback, they could be something. Yeah, poor Washington. They thought they had something in Dwayne Haskins, and, and he just proved everybody yeah, now, wrong. Then he went to your favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is? Yeah. He oh, signed. thank God, because they're gonna he's going to tank that organization. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he signed in Pittsburgh. I love you, Dwayne. I, I know I played – like I, I blocked for you. And we, on our interview Friday, you'll hear uh, Lewis say that he blocked for Graham Harrell in college and he didn't like him. So, like, I could I could not like the guy that I blocked for, but I'll still protect him. But, man, I hope you tear Pittsburgh from inside out. And I know Rev, Rev is a huge Steelers fan. One of my other buddies from school, Dan, is a huge Steelers fan. Nothing would make me happier than to see Dwayne Haskins go in there and absolutely, especially with that toxic culture they have already with the TikTok squad the, the team squad, yeah. the team that would rather be famous on tiktok than actually win football games yeah no i, I i'm so happy thank you for bringing that You're brought welcome. my mood all the way up here You're after welcome. the nolan arenado trade talk so You're that welcome. that's good uh is there anything else we want to talk about before? I, I, I mean we're gonna see a lot more action moved around as the offseason comes but it's super bowl week we got because there's a lot to talk about in this game and there's a lot of good stuff let's go ahead we'll take a break before we get into all the prop bets uh, here is a message from uh, one of our new sponsors that we mentioned in the center of attention, probably High Alpine, and then uh, one of the other sponsors for the Unhinged Sports Network. Super Bowl week, if you don't have cable, 
get Fubo because Fubo you'll be able to watch and you can get a free seven-day trial. And then after the game, go get you Buccaneers or Chiefs uh, Super Bowl gear. Through Fanatics, which is also a, one of our Unhinged Sports Network partners. So we'll, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the Super Bowl. And plus, we got all the prop bets. We, we went a through and picked of all of the prop bets. Uh, so that's coming up here on the far end of the bench on the Unhinged Sports Network. Benchwarmers, we know you guys like to drink your craft beer, and that's a good thing because we're entering a partnership with one of the best, youngest breweries in the western slope of Colorado, High Alpine Brewing Company. We know that there's a lot of listeners out there in Gunnison. You guys know what we're talking about with High Alpine, but Scott, the owner, and us two, Nico and Jimmy, for the Far End of the Bench podcast have entered into a working partnership with them, and there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out like merch, we're going to have some possible giveaway deals with them. If you mentioned listening to the Far End of the Bench podcast, so there's great things coming with us and, the, and High Alpine Brewing Company. Exactly. Who doesn't like drinking beer while watching sports at a bar? That's the greatest combination there can be. Um, you got to go check out our, our friends up there. A lot of great things out of us and one of the best breweries in Colorado, hands down. Um, they got a lot of good stuff. Jimmy and I will be promoting their stuff like no other. I guarantee you that. We'll be wearing their shirts. Um, be sure to go on their website. They got good merchandise over there. Check them out there. And then obviously go taste their great beer because they have a great selection. Great selection, always on tap. Nice cold craft beer. Also follow them on Instagram at High Alpine Brewing Company. Look them up on Facebook also at High Alpine Brewing Company. They're one of the biggest and youngest breweries in Colorado. Go give them a shout out and help out the far end of the bench. Help us grow our brand. Thanks, guys. What's up, Benchwarmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? We got another thing to, to get to because, you know, nobody likes dealing with cable companies in 2020. And here at the Unhinged Sports Network, we wanted to cater to you guys to go into the new age, cut your cable cords with Fubo TV. We have a new link, a new partnership. You can go to the link in our bio, and if you sign up for a subscription through that link, you will kick back a little bit of money to the Unhinged Sports Network so we can continue to bring great content all across this platform. And we got big things coming up in 2021, so you're going to have to, to get in on this, and we're helping you out in the process. Yeah, make, make your life easier, man. No one likes dealing with cable companies. You don't get half the channels. Um, sometimes there's blackouts. That's not present with Fubo. You can get whatever you want. I can watch Sunday Night Football with no sweat. I can watch... The, or, TN, or I can watch basketball on TNT anytime I want. Um, get, be sure to use Fubo, man. I'm definitely going to be using it. I hate paying for cable, so I'm going to be using that right right now as we speak, if we're being honest. And I want to make sure to get on that deal so now it's your turn to do the same. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network. Cut your cable cord. Come into the digital age. Thanks, guys. All right, Benchwarmers, thanks for sitting through those ads. I know uh, they're getting a, we're getting more of them, so you're going to start hearing a lot more of them, but it's a good thing. It means that you guys are helping us out enough to the point where more people want to work with us, which is all good for everybody involved. But like Nico said, it's Super Bowl week. And first off, we didn't know that we would get this far in the season. We thought that maybe it would be a shortened regular season to just get right into everything. And we're having the Super Bowl on time even. It's not like – like I've been saying for the past few weeks, the NFL rented out all their facilities and all the hotel rooms for an extra three weeks just in case there was an outbreak. And so far, knock on wood, we're recording this on Monday. Nothing like that has happened. Uh, but let's go ahead. We'll talk about all of this. First, I'll mention that the line sitting as it is right now when ESPN gets their um, betting odds from Caesars Palace Sportsbook, Kansas City is a three-point favorite. 
uh, and the over-under is set at 56.5. But let's start off. We'll, we won't talk about any anything like that first. Tampa Bay, 11-5. and five. I believe they're the fifth seed in the NFC going up against Kansas City, 14-2. and two. Basically should have been 15-1. and one. They just didn't play anybody in the last week of the season. Um, and they're looking to repeat, be the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champions since the 2003-2004 New England Patriots. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought there was another Patriots year where they went back. They went back. They went to the Super Bowl back to back, but they didn't win back to back. I was I was thinking that it would have been the first time that a team had repeated an appearance, but the the Patriots went Atlanta, uh, lost to Philly, and then beat. Uh, LA. That's right. That's right. So it, it's the first time they're going to be the first back-to-backs, possibly the first back-to-back Super Bowl champion since 2003-2004, when uh, Tom Brady beat Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid. Yep. Funny enough. But we'll start off. The first note I have down here: Tampa Bay is the first team ever to play in a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Shout out Raymond James Stadium, one of the better venues in the NFL. Um, and even when it was with the XFL, there was a ton of people going to games there. What What do you think? What does that bring to your mind when you're thinking about history? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a small X factor. I think it's an X factor in the fact that Tom Brady and that Buccaneers team can sleep from home. Yeah. I think that's an X factor. I don't know. Maybe there might be protocols where they have to stay in the same hotel so they don't get exposed or whatever, anything stupid happened. I, I think that you might do that too just so that there's not an unfair advantage. Yeah, so maybe a slight little thing here and there. But being in your own state – after having to go through the playoffs, being road game after road game after road game, to finally come back home, that's an advantage. Yeah. And especially with Tom Brady, having a familiar spot where he knows how to get his, knows where to get his rehab, knows how to, knows he'll be in his own facility for preparation. That's got to be a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Although I think, I mean, they probably split the fans up half and half, or they figure something out. I don't know how they're going to do all the fan stuff. I think they're giving it out to medical personnel. So shout out to the NFL for doing that. But it's not. It's going to be a home atmosphere feel. It's going to be basically what they had all season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's if you're the Buccaneers fan, you got to enjoy that a lot, especially Tom Brady. Tom Brady at home in the playoffs, it's tough to beat. Yeah. Even though it's a Super Bowl and technically it's supposed to be a 50-50 um, split, Tom Brady at home in the playoffs is tough to beat, and that's an added bonus 100%. When it comes to history wise. It's never, happened before. it's never happened before. What else can Tom Brady do that nobody else has done before? Yeah. It's his 10th Super Bowl. He's going to be the first quarterback to play in a game in the, in the Super Bowl in his home stadium. Quote, unquote, he's not super familiar with the Raymond James. another record on the GOAT milestone. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, insane to think, uh, it's insane to think of how many precedents he set as a quarterback, especially being a six-round pick. That's, that's all I'll say about that. Was he a seventh-round pick? No, he was six. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'll have to. We, we now, for, I'm gonna, we, I, now I'm going to have to yeah, do we, research. We forget about that half the time. But I mean, like I said, Tom Brady's just adding a new, a new little asterisk or not asterisk, but dash mark to the list of accomplishments. If he wins this, I mean, he's his his legacy is already solidified. He's already the best quarterback of all time, um, considering what he was able to do in the NFC. And here he's already been to the same amount of. Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers has coming through the NFC. It's kind of funny. He's got as many NFC Championship game wins as Aaron Rodgers yeah, does. Yeah, so it's kind, of, it's kind of funny how all that works out. He has more playoff wins against NFC opponents than Drew Brees does. I mean, it goes all this goes on and on. He and was the sixth-round pick, six by the way. Pick, okay. Number 199. Yeah, 199, that's right. Um, but this goes on and on. It's, it's, we're, we keep saying this every year. Maybe it's his last year. Maybe this is Neil Coffin. But the way he's been doing it, I mean – He's enjoying football. This is what we said to Aaron Rodgers. He's enjoying football. He's 43 years old, and he is playing some – I mean, okay, he's not playing some of the best football. No. Career. 
But he had a good first half in the NFC Championship. His team is playing damn good. Yeah, and then he did his best Jameis Winston impression in the second half and tried to give the game back. But uh, I think for the league, it's interesting. And especially in a year like this year, it's it's good to have something that's never happened before. So I'll I'll give them that. I but mean, the really, there's never happened before. <laughs> the season, yeah. everything that's happened between the Kendall Hinton situation to the Tennessee Titans at the beginning of the year. You're to, gonna keep bringing back the Kendall Hinton situation. Huh? You're still salty about it's it. It's the most it's the most notable moment, I think. Yeah. In our COVID situation thus far. No, I I get you. I get you. I understand. I, yes, it's my team, but it, it was the most notable COVID situation. Not that's true. Having to bring in a quarterback off the street the night before that's pretty notable. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about, Bruce Arians whose coaching career, I don't know if you know this, started under Paul Bryant at Wait, University of Alabama. Wait, what? Paul Bear Bryant. What, he was what year a, was that? A while ago. Oh, my gosh. A long, long wow. time ago. No, Bruce Arians is an old guy. Bruce I Arians okay, is advanced. I knew he was old. I know he was that old. Yeah, he's that old. He uh, started his coaching career as one of the assistants for Paul Bear Bryant. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. This could possibly be his swan song. He's never, as a head coach, he's won in, he, he won in Indianapolis, I believe, with uh, Peyton. He won in... Pittsburgh as an assistant, I think, with Bill Cower uh, when they won against Seattle. But he's never been a head coach. The closest he's ever got was the NFC Championship with Arizona. This We might possibly be seeing one of the longest NFL coaching or one of the longest head coaching careers come to an end. And, and it would be, as much as I don't want to see Brady win his seventh Super Bowl, seeing Bruce Arians finish a career like that with a Super Bowl championship might be something yeah, that I have Bruce, to report. Bruce Arians 100% deserves it. He hasn't had the best coaching year by far, by no means. I mean, Buccaneers fans have been calling for his head since week four. Yeah. Um, after their little it debate. depends on if you're a Brady fan or a Bruce Arians fan, yeah, who so, you blame. So it's, it's one of those things. But, I mean, Bruce Arians deserves a Super Bowl. Tom Brady doesn't deserve another one. <laughs> but, I mean, he may get another one. Yeah, Bruce Jim, Arians, that was a shot at you, yeah, by the way. But Bruce Arians, man, what, like – I didn't even know about that Paul Bear Bryant stat. Mm-hmm. I think that's insane. <laughs> Considering it's 2021 and his first coaching stint was with um, Alabama, that, yeah. that's nuts to me. So uh, I think this could be interesting, though, for sure. If if he, I don't think he's a you know, Hall of Fame quarterback or a coach, excuse me, but oh. I think he deserves the credit of going down as one of the best assistant slash head coaches of all time. Winning this one would be, I don't think. He'd if have Andy, to. If Andy Reid's on the cusp of Hall of Fame, no, I, I, I understand. Not, yeah, I understand where you're it. coming from, but I, it would just be cool to see a guy like, as much as I didn't really care for Ray Lewis as a person, because depending on how you see his legal situation, it was cool to see him go out on top. Obviously, Peyton, uh, the guy we just had on, Lewis, Lewis did the same yeah. thing. So there, there's a little bit of nostalgia, I guess, and. Like we said, we're big softies. We love the the heartfelt yeah, stories. Good stories. So this would be that would be one that that would be interesting. Next thing I have written down here, Brady, uh, and his impact on the team. I know you listened to Devin White on Busting with the Boys, and they asked him specifically what that did to this team. And he said, it, when you have a Tom Brady, especially going from a James Winston to a Tom Brady, you just know that everybody on the offense, as good as their defense is, everybody on the offense is just going to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, they don't need to do too much on defense exactly. anymore. Even if Tom Brady is not playing at his full potential, you still trust him mm-hmm. to do the right thing. If you're Mike Evans, if you're Chris Godwin last year, I would. I, they didn't have no trust in James Winston. They could. They didn't. I mean, yeah, James Winston was still a leader of that team, but they could not. You could not tell me they looked into that man's eyes and said that no matter what, he's going to beat anyone he put, we put in front of him. And I trust him more than anything. With Tom Brady, uh, even if he's having a shitty game. 
he still can put out good numbers and lead a team to victory. He's the Super Bowls that he's won is more based off the team and the play around him than it is Tom Brady. He's won other than the first couple that he won because he was a Super Bowl MVP the first two years that he won it. Uh, I would say that, I mean, Atlanta, I wouldn't really give him the credit for that. I would say that it was more the Falcons blowing it and Kyle Shanahan getting blinded by the big lights. It's it's something to say when you have a guy that's – I mean, I'll go back to the interview that we just did with Lewis too. He said Peyton Manning may have not played as well in that 2015 year when they won Super Bowl 50, but it was a calming – he he said that it wasn't a calming presence, but it, it is a calming presence when you can look across the guy and and yeah, they love Jameis Winston, want to play hard for him, but this is a difference where you're not playing hard because you love the guy, you're playing hard because you know that he's going to be in the right position. He's going to put you in the right position to win the game. Yeah. At the, at the last two minutes of the game, you know that Tom Brady gave his all, and if it wasn't enough, it wasn't enough. But you can't say that this team d- did not play its heart out because Tom Brady is going to try to will this team to a victory. And that, that goes into my next point. Do you think any quarterback that they would have brought in besides Jameis, obviously barring like the bottom of the barrel, any other free agent quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers, do you think that Phillip Rivers could have done similar to what Brady did? I think if Phillip Rivers was in this situation, I think this team would have still made the playoffs. I think they still would have been – I think they, I could see them making NFC the championship. NFC championship, but I don't think they wanted to won the one got to the Super Bowl. Um, other quarterbacks that come to mind would be Matthew Stafford if yeah. he was available last offseason. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. I think maybe they would have um, because they're still young in their careers and they still are. And they you, we see what good weapons around them have done. Yeah. So Tom Brady definitely has the weapons here, and it shows. Patriots fans are going to hate this. But that system is not built on Belichick. It's built on Tom Brady. It was it was Tom and, Brady. And as much as Patriots fans are going to root for Tom Brady, they do not want to see him where win a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Because I'll go back to Peyton Manning stuff. Colts fans, as much I mean as much fun as Peyton Man, as much of a Colt Peyton Manning was that last Super Bowl wearing orange and yeah. orange and white and navy blue, that is ingrained in the fans everywhere. And, and that's and it's a difference. When you, you always see Tom Brady wearing a Patriots gear in a Super Bowl. But if this is his last Super Bowl, wearing Buccaneers gear, that's what, pe- that's what people are going to remember. Because yeah. that's the most recent thing that happened. Right. And there's we talk about it all the time. There's Patriots fans who have grown up and never not known that their team is in the playoffs. There's going to be Patriot. There's going to be fans now that are going to look back and say, wow, Tom Brady won the, was a Super Bowl champion for the Bucs? No, that's yeah. that's not what you should remember him for. No, no, don't do that. But it's it's, it's what's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, it's the same thing that happened with Brett Favre too. If yeah. he, I mean, obviously he got close to the Vikings, but if he would have won a Super Bowl elsewhere, it would have been different. But imagine what, Jerry Rice winning with Oakland. Yeah, things things different. If you win a Super Bowl somewhere else, things change yeah. about the persona of the last organization. Bill Belichick, as great of a coach as he is, Tom Brady is he he, was, he had a system quarterback. And Tom Brady knew how to win. I hate, I love using that system quarterback thing because I used that with system kicker with Gostowski. But if he wins a ring in Tampa Bay and wins maybe two or three, I mean he'll have I mean, he'll have nine rings if he wins two or three with them. Please don't do. Please that. don't do that. Please. But if that does happen like that, he's going to be known as a Buccaneer. And yeah. then we're going to have to have the conversation: is is he a Patriot in the Hall of Fame or is he a Buccaneer in the Hall of Fame? And Patriots fans would rather die than see Tom Brady in a Buccaneers helmet. And in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. And there's like like I said with the Brett Favre thing, 
He didn't win in New York or Minnesota. So he's always going to remember as a Viking or as a Packer. Packer. Peyton Manning won as a Bronco. So he's known as a Bronco and a Colt. He, he also, also, I mean, Peyton Manning also lost as many Super Bowls in the Broncos uniform as he did in the Colts uniform. Exactly. So he's known as Bulls. Yeah. If Tom Brady wins, like I said, three Super Bowls, heaven forbid that happening. Wait. But <laughs> if that happens, excuse me, we're gonna we can have that conversation whether or not. It's going to be deservedly so. As a system quarterback, the Patriots dynasty isn't as good as it was. It was only because of Tom Brady there. Yeah, I mean, that coupled with the fact that last year the Bucks had a quarterback who threw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. That's the only time that's ever happened, and it'll be the only time that it ever happens. I would say that it would lead to Brady's legacy if he wins, but I would also say that it's not just because of Tom Brady that they're at the position that they're in. I think Bruce Arians helps a lot as a head coach, a calming presence, and then uh, Devin, like, we stopped talking about their defense after a while during the season just because they were always where they needed to be. Vita Vea, I would not want to block that man. He's a he's a fridge with legs. Any of those front five. No. Any of the front five. Like, JPP's like 6'9". JPP too. with fucking three fingers is yeah. still deadly. Shaq Barrett came from the Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. He was probably the, pass rush. the second. He was the best pass rusher not named DeMarcus Ware or Von Miller on that team. Exactly, and he learned under those two, having already a Super Bowl under his belt. Yeah. That goes into play here. He's been there. He knows how what it takes to win, and obviously he wasn't on the field all the time with Demarcus and Von Miller, but he is JPP wasn't leadership. either with yeah. the Giants. He takes that leadership there, and he knows what it takes, like Tom Brady does. I, I mean, obviously Devin White and Devontae Davis are the leaders of the defense, but Shaq Barrett having a guy that's been there before and that knows what it takes to possibly win a Super Bowl. That's, I mean, that's that's another added bonus to the Buccaneers. Yeah, but then now we'll get into a little bit of the Kansas City Chiefs storylines going cool. into Everyone this game. knows how to win a Super Bowl. I'm Everybody knows how to win a Super Bowl pretty recently, too. And uh, we all remember their playoff run last year where they were down by double digits in every single postseason game and still came back and won, which is ridiculous. But uh, first one that I have written down for them, like I said, they could be the first quarter, first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since Tom Brady did it in 03 and 04, which – is shocking because for a while there it was almost like if you win one Super Bowl, you're going to win two. Like the Broncos, uh, the Packers went to two in a row, uh, and, and the, the Cowboys and 49ers kind of ruined that for everybody else because they just did it over and over and over again. Do you think that that maybe plays into them not winning it this year because it is so difficult to do? I, I think the one thing that they have going against them is who's on the other side. I don't – I think – I think the Chiefs have to. This is I'd probably eat my words next week, but the Chiefs are going to lose this game. If they're going to lose this game, it's going to be on their own doing. I think they're either going to make the wrong adjustments or they're not going to do the right things because they have a talent to run through the Buccaneers, and I mean run through them. If Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill receive or have receiving yards over 150, I guarantee a Chiefs win. I'm telling you right now, I guarantee a Chiefs win. Yeah, and if their running game can get going as well. That's even more deadly. That offense, like I said, this offense could be the best we've ever seen. And when it comes to the Chiefs, the downfall is going to be the defense. But they've been playing better finally. They finally got their stuff together. Holding the Bills offense to what they were to not very many points Mm -hmm. is huge. And now you're facing an older Tom Brady but better weapons. That could give them a slight advantage. Yeah, and that's my next question. Is there a weakness deep enough on the Kansas City Chiefs? Because obviously their defense – is not as good as their offense, but that's when your offense is that good, it's very difficult to have 
Yeah, both sides of the ball that way. Is there a weakness deep enough for the Chiefs to lose this game just based off of that? I, their weakness, in my opinion, is their run defense. I think their pass defense with Tyron Matthew and Sorensen over the top, their pass defense is still good. Like that, that's Don't get me wrong with that. And they got that rookie cornerback, too, that's really good. I can't remember his exactly. name. Exactly. Where they ran into trouble with the Browns was the running game. Mm-hmm. Where, why they were able to handle the Bills so much is because the Bills are one-dimensional. And with the Buccaneers... If they could get Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette into the game, then they have a good shot here. But if they make Tom Brady throw 50 passes this game, they're going to lose. And because the Chiefs are good enough in the back end, the Buccaneers need to get after their run game and try try to impose their will there and slow the game down. If you can take Patrick Mahomes off the field by running the ball down your throat, that's what you need to do. Because Patrick Mahomes is almost guaranteed either three points every possession. Every time down the field, Patrick Mahomes will get you in field goal range better than any other quarterback in this league. And if you're able to run the ball down their throat and not throw it 50 times a game and keep your defense off the field, that makes life a lot easier. And that's where the Chiefs are going to have to step up. Right. And, and and by making sure that their defense can get stops and not and hold the running game down, that's where they can win this game very easily. Yeah, I think really the biggest matchup that we're going to see, and funny enough, the – game plan that you just laid out to beat the Chiefs is the game plan we used to lay out to beat Ryan Jensen in the CSU Pueblo Thunderwolves. They're so talented that you have to make sure that you keep the ball out of their offense's hands as much as possible. And that's where this matchup where it's Ryan Jensen versus Chris Jones is going to come into a huge effect because Ryan Jensen's been a monster throughout the playoffs. And Leonard Fournette, we've seen playoff Lenny now, and he's come back, and that's great. But it's it's on the back of the fact that Ryan Jensen is playing like an end possessed, and then Tristan Wirfs is playing like not a rookie. That offensive line has to be able to match that defensive line, and Tristan Wirfs has another tough matchup. Frank Clark is no easy, easy person to block, especially in the pass game. And Chris Jones, Chris Jones might be one of the best interior defensive linemen, but just doesn't get the credit because his defense is not good around him. So I think Jensen versus Jones is the real matchup that people have to watch out for, and I know it's not glamorous to say, watch out for the center versus the, us, watch out for the center versus the nose tackle. I know Louis would have been Louis Vasquez would have been very happy about that about me saying that, but that's the matchup that this comes down to. That's what you have to be watching out for, and I know Tom Brady wants to be the guy who wins the Super Bowl, but at this point, I think he's ready to just win a Super Bowl. So I don't think that it has to be on his back. I think that he'll play into the strength. So if that's if the running game starts working, he's not going to want to throw it for you. Yeah, yeah times. there's there's few guys like I said on this Buccaneers team that have won a Super Bowl, and everyone else is just hungry. With mm-hmm. with with the Patriots team, everyone kind of was there. There was like we've won already. Why? I mean, this is just another season. We're going to be good. The Buccaneers team. This team has not seen any good successful years. They're finally where they should be. And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and and company are finally getting the recognition they deserve, and they're going to show out on the biggest stage. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs, like I said, their defense, they got to be able to slow down Godwin and Mike Evans. That running game, getting playoff Lenny, and then Ronald Jones, keep them in check, that's how you win games. Win games like that, give the ball back to your best, to the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes, and let him go to work. One other matchup that I kind of want to talk about now, especially because of the injury in the AFC Championship game, I believe Eric Fisher went down. And Torres Achilles. One pick. Yeah, and all pro, one of their best offensive linemen. They have the two best pass blocking tackles in football. That's why Patrick Mahomes is who he is. But I think we might be seeing reminiscent of when the Patriots went and played the Giants in the Super Bowls, where the Giants just have pass rusher on pass rusher on pass rusher. I think that's going to be another interesting matchup, especially now because you're going against backups. And it's different with this year because everybody's basically played about the same amount of games. Nobody, I don't think that. 
especially the Chiefs. I don't think they've had the same starting five uh, on the offensive line more than four weeks maybe at a time. But I think that's how the Buccaneers – funny enough, you want to force the Chiefs to pass the ball because if you force them to pass the ball, if you can hold up on coverage, which their DBs are good, Winfield Jr. and Murphy, Murphy Bunting, hopefully they're back healthy. They're good enough to, to slow people down, and I think Levante David and Devin White are going to be able to slow down Travis Kelsey. If you can get – to Patrick Mahomes before he can dump it off to Tyreek Hill and let him run. And I think they can now with the offensive line. And, yes, I'm pulling another offensive line matchup as, as one of the most important in this game. I think that's going to be huge, and that's what people are kind of not talking about at this point for, for this matchup. I mean, obviously all those X-Factors are big, but you just said what I think is the biggest X-Factor is Levante David versus Travis Kelsey. Because with having Eric Fisher out at left tackle, you're going to see a lot more dumps. You're going to see a lot more creativity, in my opinion, from Andy Reid. You're going to see him do a lot more things with the offense and see what he can get because he doesn't want – he's going to not – he's going to make sure that left tackle, whoever steps in, isn't going to be one-on-one with JP or Shaq Barrett every position. Mm-hmm. He's going to make sure that there's always a chip or there's always a guard helping him in some case. And that's – I mean, that may open things up for Vea or may open things up for whoever is on the other side. But – with this, with that linebacker core, you have to be able to stop Travis Kelsey. Have to. And if Travis, like I said, if Travis Kelsey has over 150 yards receiving, I think the Chiefs win this handedly. <laughs> and the Chiefs are going to have to be able to make sure that using both McCall Hardman and I don't know if Sammy Watkins is hurt or he might be still, might be back. But he, yeah, yeah I'm he not might. Sure. But he hasn't been used as much. But they have so many weapons out there. And if you have, to, if you can slow down Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, slow down one of them. Now, I think you have to slow down Travis Kelsey more than Tyreek Hill um, because you have good enough safeties on the back end. But if you're able to slow down Travis Kelsey, I think that's a big difference maker because you make the Chiefs a little bit more, more one-dimensional. You make them run the ball, and that's not necessarily what they want to do. Yes, they have Clyde Edwards-Lair. Yes, they have Darrell Williams Le'Veon uh, and Bell. Le'Veon Bell. They have good running backs over there, but they don't want to necessarily run the ball down and throw every, every play. No, that's not their game at all, and I think – it's not just Levante David versus Kelsey, Devin White too, because yep. Devin White ran a four three as a linebacker. Devin that's White probably, is, that's I mean that's more likely going to be the the pairing the matchup yeah. where we're going to see linebacker set end. But I mean he can go. If you want to talk about a guy, especially a linebacker who has the best chance to shut down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it's Devin White. And Levante David's not slow. He's just not four three fast. Yeah. So there's a lot of good things that linebacking core. We've said it is the best part of that Bucks team. I think it's the best linebacker core in, base, in football. Wow, I just said baseball. I'm all over the place. Best linebacker core in, in football. Especially since Quan Alexander got hurt in St. Louis. I think that leads a little bit more to them. Got to That's, the gosh, wow. We just, don't, we just want to talk baseball, don't we? No, no, we don't. Uh, all right, so now let's get into predictions. Predictions, predictions, predictions. Uh, I'll start my, my prediction for this game. I think Kansas City wins. And I think it's a 38-21 score. So I think Kansas City is able to get out to a lead basically the same way that they did in the regular season when they beat the Bucs. Uh, and I think Tampa is just not going to be able to score enough to be able to keep up. So I have Kansas City winning 38-21. I have similar. I have 31-28. But I think Kansas City, I think we're going to see a game winning field goal. I think what we may see is we see may see a reverse of fortunes, very similar to what we saw last year. I think that the Buccaneers are going to get to a lead. I think they're going to get to a lead, and Tom Brady's going to have the roles reversed and that um, Patrick Mahomes is able to crawl back in the game. Because we saw it last week, Buccaneers got off to a hot start. They let up in the second half, and Aaron Rodgers almost came back. Well, now you have the best quarterback in football in Patrick Mahomes. Would the possibility to do that? Give me them. I'm going to say 31-28. Like I said, I think game winner field goal. 
because I want to see a good game. I don't want to see a blowout because, I mean, like I said, I hate both these teams. I mean, I don't hate both teams. I don't hate the Bucks. I just i am not a fan of Tom Brady because yeah. he has always played against my team. And I don't hate Patrick Mahomes. I just don't like the Chiefs because they're rivals and blah, blah, blah. But give me 31-28 Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs come out on top. But I think the Buccaneers get out to a hard start and the Chiefs come back. I believe both our scores hit the over, so bang the over. I bang think there's the gonna over. be, I think there's gonna be so many points. And we, I said that about the uh, Patriots and Rams Super Bowl, and it was completely wrong. It's the opposite, yeah. So I, I hope that we get a high-scoring game because if I'm gonna watch this game with Tom Brady versus the Kansas City Chiefs, I need to see some points. Exactly. I need to see some excitement. If I'm on my fifth beer and there's not 35 points on the score, I don't want it. I don't want to have. I don't want to be watching it. So let's let's get some points on the board. And that brings us now to a special beats of the week. We're not going to do any of the other sports. We're just going to do a Super Bowl prop bets because if you know anything about Super Bowl week, you can bet on anything that happens. Literally anything. Like first one that we have here, National Anthem over under 2 minutes and it's being performed by Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. I don't I've never heard a Jasmine Sullivan song yeah, in my life. Eric Church, good music. I love Eric Church. Eric Church is one of my favorite country music artists and and I'm a huge country music fan. But we all we were joking about this a couple of weeks ago. And we were taught we were asking like, it's over under. It's not gonna be as bad as Fergie. It's not gonna be as long as Fergie. God hope not, it's not as bad as Fergie. No, but since it's an R and B singer and Eric Church is a little bit slower, I went with the over on this. Jimmy, I don't know about that. I don't know. You know what? Life's too short to bet the under, so I don't hate that at all. But I'm taking the under. I, it's it's a country singer. I don't know about the facts about. Um, who like how often country singers sing Super Bowl or what the over under is? But with their church, he yeah, he has some pretty long songs. Yeah. Like Springsteen goes on for four minutes and it's a lot of whoa 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 whoa. That's true. So That's true. I don't know for a, for a country singer he does he does honky it up pretty good. That's true. That's I true. don't know. I, I did did I, I talk you out of it? Yeah, I talked about it. I'm going the over. Screw it. I'm taking the over, too. All right. We both I'll have the, the over. over. Screw it. Yeah, you're right. Over he, on he, the he national anthem. He is slower. Anthem. He is slower. The R&B singer, too. Yeah. All right. Damn, next next right. prop, coin toss. I have heads. Tails never fails, Jimmy. Tails never fails. I will never bet heads on anything. Anytime I've ever asked heads or tails, always say tails. Tails never fails. Heads always get you dead. That's got to remember. Tails, you got a 50-50 shot. I know. Tails never fails, though. I don't know. I, I spent enough time. I paid enough attention to Ms. Hamill's probability and statistics class. I'm going heads. Okay. Just for the just for the fun of it. That's fair. Don't put a lot of money down on that one. It's a stupid bet I'm anyways. I'm going to be honest with you because tails never fails. Oh, okay. I may do, may do a uh, parlay here and throw that into something else. Oh, boy. Uh, will the game be tied again after 0-0? Zero, zero? I went no. I went yes. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be either 3-3 three, three or be 7-7. Seven, seven. I, think, I, think, I think they'll trade at the beginning. I think someone will score, and then the other team will come right back and score again. So that's why I said yes, yes to that. Yeah, with my, I mean, heaven forbid, a missed field goal or, or miss extra points. Well, for my uh, final score, it basically has the Chiefs. It, it basically has the Chiefs coming out hot, and then the Bucks taking a while. So that's why I said no. But with your final score, it makes sense because it has to be tied again yeah. if it's a game-winning field goal. Uh, so we're opposite on that one as well. Just like last week, we say we're going to be the same on a lot of these, and no. Uh, Brady's first pass will be incomplete. Incomplete. Wow, I went complete. I went incomplete because I think oh, I'm gonna say I think he's gonna get pressured, and I think he throws it out of bounds or somewhere. Else. I think the Chiefs are gonna send pressure right away. 
I, I think they're going to try to send a message and send pressure right away. And I, I trust Sorensen and Tyron Matthew over the top. So I say I incomplete. Forgot. I forgot that he could throw it out of bounds and this would be an incomplete pass. Incomplete, I forgot yep. about that. Because I was thinking, oh, well, if he doesn't have anything downfield, he's a king of the dump-off passes. But his dump-off might be out of bounds. Damn it. I, I don't know. I said complete. I'll stick with complete. Mahomes' first pass will be complete. It's, it's complete. Okay. Yeah, it, I say complete too. It doesn't matter. It's going to be that. I trust him to dump off a lot more than I do Tom Brady, yeah. which is weird to say because Tom Brady is the king of the dump. He he did pause throw an underhanded. Falls on that, not the king of the real dump. No, <laughs> no, he that's OBJ who's the king of the dump. Or or Lamar Jackson, either the two. That too. That too. Um. Yeah, he he'll dump it off to Kelsey or or Tyree Kill. I think he starts like five for five, honestly. Mm-hmm. And he threw an underhanded touchdown pass last week, yeah. so. He's def- I think he has a chance to complete his first pass. Which team will score first? I have the Chiefs. I went with the Bucks because hmm. I think the Bucks are going to win the toss. Because aren't because they're technically the away team. I'm not. I think because so. the, the Chiefs have the better yeah. record, so they're technically the away team. They have the call, so I think they're. I, I'm predicting things. Here we go. Just real quick. You're trying to speak. Th- I speak think stuff that into Levante because isn't Levante David captain? Uh yeah. Well, I think. Well, no, Devin White's the captain. Okay, I think Devin White is gonna call tails. Actually, no, I think he's gonna call heads. They're gonna lose the toss. The Chiefs are gonna defer. Bucks get the ball first, go down, kick a field goal or a touchdown. You just there, you did a little score gummy. Yeah, there. score gummy there. There's there's the scenario that I'm gonna parlay. <laughs> oh boy! All right. I have the Chiefs scoring first, just because I think that the Bucks. Uh, it like, like I said, we're the, basically going everything opposite of each other. I here. just think the Bucks are going to struggle early on because the the Chiefs have been there, and the Bucks I think are going to have a little bit of the oh oh shit it's the Super Bowl oh okay now we're good. I think that's that's my reasoning there. Uh, first team that will commit a penalty that is accepted, I went with the Bucks because it, the way accepted. Yeah, that's oh, that's okay, how it counts. Okay, okay. So the first pe- team to commit a penalty that is accepted, and I went with the Bucks because, like I said, the way Ryan Jensen's been playing, I love it. But he's playing right on the edge of what is considered legal and illegal in the in the eyes of the rules. He's been hold, he, like there's holding on every play. If you do it well enough, it doesn't get called. But he's also a little bit of the aggressor to where I can see him maybe pushing somebody after or jumping on top of a pile and, and getting flagged for that. Yeah, I thought this was not accepted. I thought it was the first, just whatever penalty it was. No, it, it has to be. Those. So I originally went with Chiefs, but I, I'm going to change to go back to Bucks because, like you said, I think the Buccaneers are going to make a silly mistake. I thought the Chiefs would, excuse me, would have got called for holding or something early, and that's where it would have called. That could be because, because they have the backup tackle plan. So that could be the problem there, but I, I'm going to go Bucks here as well. I think we see either a holding or a defensive pass interference by one of those young guys. Probably. Uh, next one. Which team will call a timeout first? I went to Chiefs because Andy Reid likes to call it. the same thing. I, I love Coach Logan, but everybody knew that we weren't walking out of there with all three timeouts. Uh, I think it's Bucks because I think Arians gets a little bit jittery. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Reid will be the one calm down a little bit and mm-hmm. will try to secure his timeouts more. I think Andy, Bruce Arians is the one that's going to be jumping a little bit, a little bit too high, overhyped, and it could he's, be. he's gonna. The Bucks are gonna make a mistake somewhere, and their defense is maybe scrambling. They see something the Chiefs may struggle with, so they have to call a timeout. Could be. It could be. I think Bruce Arians is going to drink a whole a nice four-finger scotch before the game because that's, that's just how he rolls. And he's going to be in his little golfer cap and, and everything on the sideline. I don't know. Uh, next one we have, longest touchdown scored will be over or under 47 and a half yards. I went with the under. Yeah, I went with the under, too. I, the only thing that gives me slight cause for concern Tyree is Tyreek Hill. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only slight concern, but – I mean, what I saw from against them with the uh, uh, Packers, 
and what what they're able to keep everything in front of them, I think they'll try to do the same with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think Lazard, or not Lazard, it was Valdez Scantling had one long pass reception for a touchdown, but in the first game against the when the Chiefs played the Bucks, Tyreek Hill went off for like 200 yards in the second quarter. I don't see that happening again because that was a lot of oh he ran behind everybody and they just threw it up. I think that they're gonna have to do. They, they didn't have a, a long touchdown play in last year's Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are going to have to methodically push the ball down the field. And for as much as Bruce Arians loves to take shot plays, that's basically what his offense is based off of. He can't really do that right now with Tom Brady. When he does, it's an interception because Tom Brady doesn't know how to throw a deep ball anymore. Um, so I, I'm going under on that one. That's, that's my reasoning there. Which team will record the first sack? I'll let you go with first on first this one. First sack. I mean, I, I'm trying to find this real quick. First sack, I said Bucks. Mm-hmm. I said Bucks yeah, as well. With Eric Fisher off the off the out, I think JPP or Shaq Barrett is going to get a touch, which gives me cause for concern because both these quarterbacks don't really get sacks a lot. Tom Brady will throw it away usually, or Mahomes will scramble out the pocket. So that gives me a little bit worried because I don't think there'll be very many sacks. But no. if there was one team that had pick, I would go Bucks. I yeah, I think just based off of the talent of the pass rushers, it's difficult to say that the Chiefs will get the first sack because JPP and uh, Shaq Barrett, plus Dominican Sue's still on, in the middle of and that D line too. Yeah. And Vita Vea. Vita Vea is not a great pass rusher. He's just a plug Menace, to stop yeah. the run. He's got to demand double team though. Oh well, I mean it's, it's huge. <laughs> He's he takes up four gaps as himself. So yeah, and that's no offense. He's just that big. He's, just, yeah, He's small, not even fat. He's, He's just He's that big. Um, so I, I went. We both went Bucks for the first sack, longest field goal of the game, over under forty seven and a half yards. I went over. Yeah, I went over too. I, yeah. I, 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 I forgot the name of the Bucks kicker. Suck up. Suck up. Yeah. Oh fuck. Suck up. <laughs> but but uh, Butker, like I said, I think it's going to be gambling field goal. Yeah. So I, I'm saying it's going to be like forty nine to forty eight range. So that's why I said over forty seven and a half. And it's interesting that they said that's where they set the over under at because kickers can make. 45-yard field goals now, 47-yard field goals in their sleep. Like college kickers make 45-yard field goals at this point. Um, So we both went over for the longest field goal of the game. Watch there be no field goal in in the entire game. I wonder if they go extra point if that that prop doesn't actually happen. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, Will there be an onside kick attempted? I went no. Yeah, I went no too because like I said, I I had a game winner. So you can't – there's not going to be – actually. There could be. Could be. But I'm going to still say no. I wouldn't know because it's not Sean Payton. Sean Payton said that he was going to run that onside kick the Monday, the week before they actually even left to go go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think either of these coaches are going to put their rest their laurels on the fact that they're going to have an onside kick ready to go for the game. Yeah, I don't think there'll be an onside kick. How I, many? Honestly, that that's a gimme though. I, that that's a toss up. Yeah. I think there's a good chance we either see a blowout or like a one score game where we could see that happen. Um, or we could, like I said, I want a good game though. So I it's not really, Matt Lafleur. It it's, it's not Matt Lafleur where he's just trying to cover the spread. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think either of these coaches are going to really do anything like that. Um, next, how many field goals will be made in the game over under three and a half? I went under because I think these teams are going to be able to score touchdowns. I don't think that the defenses are going to hold them out of the end zone when they're when they're in. I don't think that they're going to be able to stop them from scoring if they get close enough in the red zone. I don't think that we're going to see a lot of field goals. I went over. Although my score doesn't really depict field goals, I think we still go over because I, I differ. I think t- I think the red zone defenses for both teams are going to buckle down more. I think when, when they get inside the 20-yard line, I think both team defenses, especially Levante David, that's where their strength are. 
And then when it comes to the Chiefs, I think they may be able when Buccaneers have been known to get more field goals than, mm. than excuse me touchdowns in the red zone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say over here. Um, I'm not. I don't want a field goal. I don't want to. I don't want a penalty kick soccer type of game. No, no, no. I want touchdowns, but I think we may see a few more than three and a half field goals. All right, we we were opposite on that. Uh, Brady passing yards over under two eighty and a half. I went over just because two eighty is is pretty. In all the Super Bowls that Brady's played in, he's gone over 280 yards. He's he's re- he's pretty much always at 300. Damn, well, that that, that hurts me. <laughs> I went under because I think the Buccaneers to win this game, I think they're going to need to run the ball more. No, that's, so that's – I mean, that's 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 what I think their game plan should be because I think if they're going to win the game, they got to get Mahomes off the field, and they're going to be having to run the ball more, so that's why I said under. I think that even in last week when he had a, a terrible game in the championship game, he threw for over 300-plus yards. I'm gonna. I'm looking that up real quick, but I do know when they lost, he threw for 280 on the dot last last week. I do know that when they lost to Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, he threw for 350 yards. That's true. Technically, that's the under because 280 and a half. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Just just semantics. Just I got it. I yeah. got it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes over under 325 and a half, 324 and a half yards. I went over on that. I went over too. Because I, they're gonna air it out. They're gonna yeah. air it out. It's they they're gonna do what they do best. And Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are gonna be all over the field. So I think they're aired out. So hit the over. And you know those jet sweep passes where he tosses it That's in front of him that counts as yeah. a pass. And Nicole Hartman had a 50 yard one of those last yeah. week. So. Uh, next one, score in the first five minutes of the game. I went yes. Yes, 100% yes. I think first possession, either team, either I think either either one team gets a three and out or one team's going to go the whole distance to kick a field goal. Five yeah. minutes is – usually possessions nowadays are four minutes long, estimate usually. So I think there's a point within the first five minutes. Depending on how you feel about the defenses is basically how you pick on that prop. Uh, the next one, total touchdowns in the game, over under six and a half. I went over. Because, I went, yeah, I went over two because of the math. Yeah. Because 28, 28 would be four touchdowns each. That would be eight touchdowns So total. that's the over. Yeah. <laughs> so I hit the over. Uh, which team will score last? I went the Bucks. I went Chiefs because that game-winning field goal. That's true. Game-winning field goal. I'm sticking with that. I'm, I'm a ride or die, that game-winning field goal. There you go. I, I went Bucks just because I feel like Tom Brady – I, my my score has them basically out of it by the midway through the fourth quarter, but I still think Tom Brady would want to finish out. He, he's the kind of guy that is even though he's going to lose, he's going to want to do something great. Um, and maybe who knows? Maybe he's paying attention to the line, wants to cover some sort of spread. I don't know. Um, but I have the Bucks scoring on the last play of the game. So there you go. That's all of our prop bets. Uh, do you like the Chiefs at minus? Uh, you obviously like the Chiefs at minus three. So that that's not too hard yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think they hit. I hit the. I think they hit the over. Is the, is it three and minus three and a half? It's minus three. Okay, so yeah, you, I think it's either gonna push or it's gonna hit the over. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I think the Chiefs are gonna win because of the talent they have. But I think the Buccaneers, the bright lights, gonna be too big, and I think maybe they'll be better next year. It could be. So those those are all the prop bets. Be sure find whatever betting service you use. BetMGM, FanDuel. Uh, also, if you guys are listening to this, tag them when you're listening to the episode so that they know to start working for us or working with us, not for us. We'll work for you guys. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll help you promote some stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it's a mutual thing. We're, we're looking here. This boomer's trying to figure out what he wants to do with the rest of, rest of our time. Let's get into our f- ending of the show segments, and we'll start with Benchwarmer of the Week. Uh, mine is actually a hockey one. And it was I learned it on when we were recording last week's two for chirping. Pittsburgh had a three on O in overtime against the Boston Bruins, 
And there wasn't even a shot attempted on that three on O period. So my bench warmers of the week are Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and I don't even remember who the third guy was that was on the ice. But not even to put those are guys that are known to score. Evgeny Malkin is actually the scorer of him and Sidney Crosby's. Crosby's more of the setup guy. And Chris Letang is a defensive defenseman that loves to score her goals. All you have to do is just throw it at the net, get a rebound, because the goalie can't be everywhere at once, and you couldn't even do that. So those three, two, and then I don't even know who the, the last one is. Those are my bench warmers of the week. Jamie, I am very, very surprised. You could have picked this so easily. There is an obvious one, but I'm not – but since I don't want to ever say his name again – Is it Breidich? I'm never saying that man's a game again. It, we're, we're doing the 72 treatment. Shout out, okay. Garrett Bulls. I can say your name now. Well, what but, do we call him then? Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to pick a different bench warmer of the week. Veteran of the week, Trevor Story. Hmm. Poor Trevor Story hmm. lost all. He was a he was a part of a great franchise. He lost all his friends. He lost all of his friends. He has no one around him anymore. Aww. This 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 is not a you suck kind of thing. It's a, I'm so sorry we did your this situation year. sucks. Your situation sucks. Aww. So that's my that's why he's my bench of the week. I feel bad for you, Trevor Story. You deserve better. You deserve better. Wow, you got a that, that was a heartfelt. I, a I feel bad for him. Story. I'm never saying that GM's name ever again. Because so is he the Rockies GM now from from now on? He he's the guy who runs the team. I'm not even gonna say the GM. He's the guy. He's, yeah. the, he's the idiot who runs the team. That's that's how we're gonna put it. He's our monkey in the zoo. Yeah, he's, he's the, he's the obvious the bench warmer of the week. But my my actual bench warmer of the week goes to Trevor Story because you deserve better, my friend. I feel for you. All of our fan base feels for you. Yeah. Go get yourself something better. Go leave, please. Get out. Get out while you can. Uh, my next one, player of the week. We'll go player of the week. Benchwarmer of the week, the player of the week. And mine is DeMar DeRozan, 30 points, 11 of 14 from the field, 7 of 7 free throws, which doesn't seem like much, but considering that the Nuggets were, as a team were 65% from the free throw line on Friday night, it was impressive. I And DeMar basically, him and Javante Murray were the two-headed monster that ran against the Nuggets, but I think DeMar DeRozan was the, kind of the, the real factor that got them the win over the Nuggets um, in San Antonio on Friday night. Yeah, for my player of the game, or player of the week, excuse me, it goes to a player that kept the Nuggets in that game. That was Nikola Jokic. He had 30 points that night. Mm -hmm. And then he follows up their performance on Sunday and scores 47, tying his career high. With, I mean, Jokic has been unbelievable. I, I think this is the fourth time, I'm, third, fourth time I've had him as my player of the week. He's basically always a shoe in possibly. He, him and Embiid have won NBA Player of the Week for the East and West. I believe it's three or four weeks in a row now. Mm -hmm. Both these guys are on unprecedented streaks right now. And, and I the, love seeing the big man game grow and evolve. Yeah, um, so I'd it, love that too. Yeah, Jokic, 47 points. With, I mean, having a great week. 47 on the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, 12. <laughs> Two-time the defensive player of the two year. Two-time defensive player. Not your defensive player of your last year because it gave to Giannis, but two-time defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, so that's – you have Jokic, I have DeMar. DeMar, I say it the less I like it. That's my favorite video still. When he was back in Toronto and, and Drake and Will Ferrell were teaching him how to celebrate. Uh, next one. Look that up, by the way. It's hilarious. Um, play of the week. Kale McCarr he didn't end up scoring. I, I couldn't think of a lot of them, but – the fact that he made a guy go from in front of the net to all the way on the outside of the circle just based off his dangles, it would have been better if he scored, but he deked that guy out of his out of his skates. Uh, so Kale McCarr and the, his fancy footwork last night was my play of the week. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a play of the week, but something happened while we recorded, oh and boy. we had a Devin Booker game winner. Oh I, I, I literally am watching it right now as, as we're recording this. 
But I'll talk about the Damian Lillard game winner. He hit it falling over. It was off the tip. He hit a fadeaway. Um, had a, hit a fadeaway three off the edge. Great shot. Um, but, I mean, Damian Lillard been a stud all year. But Devin Booker hit an absolutely insane game winner over three, over the top of the three. Um, over Luka, too. Over Luka. There's my game winner. Devin Booker hitting game winners are always fun to see. So give me Devin Booker. Yeah. I had to switch it up literally the last two minutes of this recording because I had I got the notification on my phone, Devin Booker game winner, and I had to look it up right as a, as you were talking. Yeah, I saw you look look at your phone and I saw your your expression change. I was like, oh, did Trevor Story get traded? <laughs> oh, don't, don't, nope. God, yeah, no. Devin mm-hmm. Booker game winner, beautiful game. Actually, excuse me, it was over Tim Hardaway Jr. But fadeaway three, fantastic shot. Dude has been unbelievable. I'll let you take that one because I stole the Devin Booker one in the bubble. Yeah, I'll let you have that one way back when. All right. That's the end of our segments. This is episode 26 of the Far End of the Bench. We're already moving. We're close to 30. We're almost at the dirty 30 of this this show. And like we said at the the center of attention, we have a ton of great stuff coming up. Remember, Friday, 10 a.m., on our feed, Luis Vasquez's interview comes out. It's about an hour and 20 minutes, but great stuff packed into there. Um He's he, he was an absolutely fantastic interview. Didn't shy away from any of the questions um, and answered everything completely honestly. And he explained a lot of about what he's doing with his foundation. Which when he was explaining that, I just I already liked him because the way he played and and he I I feel like he's the quintessential offensive lineman when he played in his career. And then with what he's trying to do for the underprivileged youth, because he was one of them, like he explained in the interview. It was just an absolutely incredible interview. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Yeah, we will, we will tag the foundation in all of our posts. You guys mm-hmm. can go check that all out. But, man, it's a fantastic interview. It was an honor and pleasure to have him on. And and we re- we recorded that right before we recorded this episode. And, boy, were we hyped up for it, man. It was, oh, a, yeah. lo- it was a lot of fun. We both were nervous, man. It was it was because we, we had a Super Bowl. We had an NBA champion on before. But now the Super Bowl champion, it's a little bit of a different feel, obviously, with it all. Uh, but it was a great, great time. Louie is a fantastic person. A mm-hmm. um, lot of great stuff coming out from us. Like we said, we have High Alpine Brewing Company. We have a partnership with them coming forward. We have Temi. We still have Fanax, uh, Fubo. Uh, we are Colorcast. Local, Colorcast. A lot of good stuff coming out. Um, I will also be on the Checkup Podcast coming out. I believe it's probably already coming out by now, but it's either the day this is coming out, so go check them out. Our, my friends from GCU, um, Alex Collins and Armani Jackson, Two great dudes. I've watched a lot of Suns games with a lot of Devin Booker highlights. Watch, watch with them. Um, so be sure to go check them out when when we, when that episode comes out. We'll plug all that good stuff because they got good stuff over there. Um, my former former uh, college uh, friends, your, your alumni, friends. yeah, alumni friends, yeah. Um, Shout Lopes by the way. Also back back to back wins over New Mexico State. I saw that. Huge for the program. We haven't beat them since 2017. And then being back on the rise, hopefully tournament bound. Because I'll tell you right now, we are going to have a March Madness special. If, if they make the tournament, we are going to go berserk. And I will get you GCU gear to oh, I'm, rock. I'm ready for the March Madness <laughs> tournament because, like I said, I've, I've won my March Madness bracket the last two times we've been able to do it. Um, as far as social media for the show, at FEOTB Pod, our link tree is in our bio. It's where you can find all of our partnerships, like we said with the Timmy. Use that link if you're going to go buy something from their website because whatever you buy, a portion of it comes back to us. Uh, the YouTube episode for this show is coming out Thursday at 6.45 Eastern. The YouTube episode for Louie's interview is coming out Saturday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, and you'll also be able to hear the replay of Louis's interview on Friday on the network at 11, PM, or 11 a.m. Mountain Time as well. 
Um, so you, you'll have plenty of chances to listen to that. Like we said, great stories there. And um, don't forget, Jimmy will be announcing Silver Creek High School, right? Silver yeah, Creek Silver Creek High School, High School basketball. So if you liked our color cast stuff, go to the YouTube page. I don't know what the page is. It's so. – uh, oh, hold on. Let, I, uh, let Jimmy pull it up. I have, it sub- yeah, I have you, subscribed. If you, if, if you like listening to us on color cast, and Jimmy hasn't called, I don't think, a live game since – Since college. Since college. So he'll, since be, college. he'll be able to be – will you be able to be there? I'm in the gym, yeah. Oh, no, I'm in the. Fun, yeah. I I um so I'm working my day job. I'm leaving at lunchtime and driving up to Silver Creek and finishing out my day job there. But I actually have by when this episode is coming out, I would have had an interview with the women's coach, getting some background on their team and what they went through to get to this point. I will have talked to the men's coach. It's Silver Creek Sports Network on YouTube, where you can watch the live stream. But like Nico said, I haven't done a game in the gym since college, and uh, I'm super pumped. It's color commentary, like the live broadcasting is what I want to do. Obviously, I love the podcast and I love talk radio, but this is what I really, this is my passion. It's the closest I can get to playing now. So be sure to check them out Wednesday. uh, Women's will be at 6.30, or excuse me, women's will be at 4.30, men's will be at 6.30. So Silver Creek Sports Network on YouTube, uh, come check me out. I don't have a color commentator, so my voice is going to be shot. Thank God we recorded both episodes on Monday. Uh, but, yeah, that is, that is something big coming up. Uh, thank you for br- reminding me because I almost course, forgot yeah, about yeah. that. And then, like we said, High Alpine Brewing Company will be there Friday, February 12th. Not we'll have, this Friday, but no, following Friday. following Friday. We will have merch to sell you guys. So if you want to get the very first line of merchandise that we're selling with FEOTB Pod on it, it's Come out and see us in Gunnison. And, and if you want to buy some, if we have, we may have some extras, so be, just DM us and we'll, we can sell them to you as well. If you're listening to this, but we're gonna sell all we can at High Alpine Brewing. Go check, come check us out there, up there in Gunnison. Have a couple beers with us. Have a couple beers with us. Watch some sports. We'll relax. I think maybe there's a Nuggets game that night, so we can watch it there. Um, lots of great stuff from there, and then obviously more merch will be coming out. I'll tell you right now, and we might have. A Homer's line, like a like a hometown line, may have some Bronco colored stuff, maybe some Nuggets colored stuff. I don't maybe hate some Avs colored stuff. I don't hate that. Maybe some Western State colored stuff. I definitely don't hate that. And maybe some GCU GCU Lopes colored stuff. So yeah, look out no, for all that too. There's no Rocky stuff coming. Just yeah, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, we're not. We're just gonna let that go. <laughs> With that, follow us at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. This has been The Far End of the Bench, episode 26. We'll see you guys next week. Peace! When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar belt was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants looking ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I got the shooters, they all but the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm yeah, who's sticking up for niggas. That moves like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30 to shred to the all right, uh, last couple of questions from us. I guess my last one. Do you have any funny Peyton prank stories? Did you ever see him pull a pretty good prank? Because I know he was a, a jokester in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. Do you have a favorite Peyton? two. So we were, my first year, we get down, we go to Rockies game. They're playing the Yankees. And he brought out a, it was actually the news, news crew, but they had him interview Orlando Franklin. And Decker was actually the one doing it. But mid-interview, uh, Decker came up from behind Orlando and just pied him in the face on national TV. 
So that was one, and Peyton set that one up. Another one, the following year, in 2014, Peyton always has his uh, quarterback camp, and he always brings receivers out there. Well, Decker, for whatever reason, couldn't make it out there. I think it was, uh, he had just had a baby or something in his life. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he missed it. So when he came, when we all came back for OTAs, um, Decker had a, a letter uh, in a FedEx. And we always say, if you get fined, you're gonna have a FedEx in your locker. So it looked legit. It was a FedEx envelope sealed and in Decker's uh, locker. Decker's like, what the hell is this? So he opens it and it's a literal, legit NFL letter. I mean, everything was legit. And it basically said, since you uh, no-showed or didn't report to the camp, you are being fined X amount of dollars for room and board, for travel, each day missing, blah, blah, blah. And I want to say it was like, you know, a little over $10,000. Um, but Peyton let that go for about three days before he finally spilled the beans and told Decker. But he was letting Decker kind of sweat it out a little bit. But yeah, Peyton, Peyton, Peyton was always pulling jokes. To hear this story and more, catch Louis Vasquez, Super Bowl 50 champion and former All-Pro offensive lineman, Friday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Unhinged Sports Network.